Second episode in a row that I still don't have an intro, but welcome to Quarantine Chronicles. That, that counts as an That's intro, That's an right? intro. Just, that just, is an intro. That's how we right. do. Right. Welcome intro. to Quarantine Chronicles, <laughs> your bi-weekly everything not Nintendo Nintendo-related <laughs> on the uh, random Nintendo uh, podcast feed, right? Correct. Are, correct. Right. It's, it's are like RSS sub- feeds still a thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how we're on all the podcast apps. Yeah, this is like the sub-show within the feed of the other show, essentially. Mm. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. All right. Yeah. Once again, the better of the two shows. Once, oh, debatable. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Well, them's them's fighting words. Shots fired. Shots fired, indeed. Uh, to my virtual left, I got Jason. Hello. To my virtual right, I have Angel. What's up? And uh, for those of you who still aren't in the loop, this is our brand new podcast, talking as I stated earlier, uh, everything non Nintendo related because you know we're in quarantine. And we're consuming a lot of content and a lot more news than usual. So we just want to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the blog post, I, I remember this week, the blog post will have uh, timestamps for every... I, they're not categories. What? Every discussion? Topic. Every topic. There we go. Every topic that we talk about. Uh, usually who's talking about them and, and all that jazz. Uh, let's get right... Do you guys want to get right into it? Can we, or, well, or, can we okay, talk yeah, about we should, discuss, both, we should we talk about something both news and something we watch? Because we all just collectively watch SpaceX and NASA launch humans into space on a private yeah, rocket Yeah, let's, let's talk time. about that. It, like, it, that's still cool going on, that? right? It's, I mean, it's still in space. I was playing Mario Kart during space. that, so <laughs> I did catch most of it. You were playing Mario Kart? You didn't hear him cursing yeah. out people online? No, I thought he was drawing. Nah, nah, he was playing Mario Kart. I was drawing initially, but then I switched to Mario Kart. How'd you do? I kept getting first pretty good how, how do you feel angel when you tell your grandkids um so there's this historic day i got to witness you know everyone like gather around the tv when they landed on I mean, the moon i thought and it's like the first I mean, I people thought went up to until space it got to like or first seven thousand kilometers per hour and then i was like all right i mean it's cool and success it's, also kind of... <laughs> it's like well they're up there okay back to back to cheap cheese yeah <laughs> i mean especially like once they got like to space or like i guess to the first like the outer atmosphere like nothing was happening like yeah it's exciting and it's amazing and i'm happy that this is happening but right yeah, i got bored i mean i yeah. think i think the well for, first of all i don't know how i got bored because it looked like they were launching daft punk into space like the suits the control panel they have it felt like the exact i remember daft punk I mean, they look like, like space that. farmers to me <laughs> oh yeah because you're saying about the boots right there's there's that one video game i think it's called astronaut <laughs> i think it's called astronaut uh uh-huh. that the suits look very similar to to the suits that that uh spacex used maybe that's where elon got his inspiration he is a gamer true but uh yeah it's just i, I just want to mention because i think it's very really cool that like we are now i mean the thing looked like sci-fi but we are very much one step closer to everything sci-fi has promised getting a private company to put people in space for the first time opens up so many possibilities for so many things in the future like, it's it's really not to get cool. your hopes up one step closer doesn't necessarily mean we're like right there but it's a big but, step it's a very yeah. big step i mean the fact yeah that, we probably won't see the fruits of that, of that no we, labor, we will but... see it on some level we're gonna have people back on the moon in our lifetime we're gonna have people zipping you around places. want the money on it back on the moon in our lifetime they want to do yeah. it in the 2020s which we're in <laughs> so yes unless we're all gonna somehow oh, die no, from corona or something in the oh, next no, couple no, years. No, i'm not talking about that i mean like yeah i mean that would be an amazing step for them to do that again but Oh, you mean like, you mean like, like something uh, something that would directly affect the everyday person. You mean like, are we going to see sunshine or passengers in one of those movies that's all about just traveling through space forever play out in front of us? 
that actually idea. i guess i'm more curious about like how soon it would be the first like yeah commercial trip for people well to they're go to space, they I are guess. doing a private citizen i mean next that seems year. the most like really like realistic yeah that we would see i would say so yeah next year they're doing the first even if citizen. it probably won't be realistic money-wise for a lot of people in their lifetime but we'll see yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's not like we're all gonna, it's not like four years from now, it's like, be like, alright, who wants to go on a cruise to moon, the moon and back, like, you know, like, you know, like Carnival, it, like carnival or Disney's like, well, carnival. yeah, exactly, <laughs> like, they're not gonna be like, well, we can't sail the seas anymore, because the seas all evaporated, so let's go to space, like, that's not gonna happen in the next few years, but, um, I think, like, there's gonna be stories, I mean, Tom Cruise is about to film a movie in space, that's a private citizen, he teamed up with, I forgot who, some director in SpaceX, and they're gonna do a movie in space, with him in space, which, I mean, for Tom Cruise, actually, doesn't seem like that big of a leap considering he was on the edge of space in the last Mission Impossible. But he's also been on the edge of Tomorrow. This is true, but then they renamed it "Live Die Repeat," unfortunately, because I like the name "Edge of Tomorrow." Edge of Tomorrow is too too generic. I feel like it is. But the movie, I, I enjoyed that movie. Did you guys see that? No, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. I think I saw it in a plane. I think I think I think it, it must have been one of the movies that I saw while uh, while in flight to Japan. I watched it like in a theater, but that that's how I was with Snowpiercer. I saw that on it because I know that that's the thing that's not bubbling back up. I saw that on a plane behind everyone else. <laughs> like that's Snowpiercer where you saw that thing. movie? Yeah, yeah, I saw it on a plane coming back from a work trip to Tennessee, I think, or something like that. It was the, the American Snowpiercer, I should say, like the Chris Evans one. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess it that, was cool that's... to realize that. What? What? Well, well, I was gonna say that it, it was cool to learn that that movie was based off of a manga because I. Had no idea that was. I guess a live action movie like that was an, ad- an adaptation. I guess you're talking about Live Die Repeat, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh so yeah, Live Die yeah. Repeat was. Which, I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> Live Die Repeat. Live Die Repeat is based on a or Edge of Tomorrow is based on. The name is so cool. I th- the name is All You Need huh? Is Kill. They should just kept the name, honestly. I don't know how you get away with that in like, for theaters. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess Brad Pitt had that movie killing them softly. Okay, regardless, uh, <laughs> regardless, let's get into it. Jason already, already brought up Snowpiercer. Yeah. Because <laughs> he can't get away with segues. I, it's not even his I own can't. podcast. It's like, it's like, it's ingrained in me. I really can't. Even if I try, right. like, it still blurts out. It's really great. Right. I have right. a problem. So, I should try harder. I should seek help. Yeah. So I want to talk really quickly about Snowpiercer, the TV show. So did either of you – so Jason, you watched it on the plane. Angel, have you seen Snowpiercer? No, but I know the premise. Okay. And how it ends. Okay. I mean, so – oh, keep going. I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I know enough about the movie to – I know what it's about. Yeah. Okay. So – It's cool. So Jason has yeah. gotten a couple of things wrong already off the bat. We thought we were discussing – pre-show we were discussing uh snowpiercer just the teensiest little bit he keeps calling it the americanized version there is no that is the version there is no other version it's not an american remake wait what no oh, yeah he did direct that himself okay yeah oh now you realize it. no 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 no. i was just thinking about it yeah i thought he did a korean <laughs> one and an american one like he hollywooded it basically no no, no. no? so okay. we're talking about bong joon ho no? yes uh, Captain America was always there. Yeah, I'm I'm part of the Bong Hive. As as I don't, I I doubt we'll ever talk about it, but Parasite. Uh, he also directed that. I, I like love that Parasite. movie. Yeah, you good. like it, Angel. What were your thoughts on Parasite? Oh, I loved it. I bought it on Blu-ray before I even saw it because I knew I would like it, and I did. There we go. 
It's, I have zero expectations going in because I've already heard both spectrums of it. Like, oh, it's so good that I mean, I heard it was so good that I that they thought it was okay or or felt underwhelmed and disappointed right. because yeah. the hype was too high. They're... But then I also heard the other end where people were like, I heard nothing coming in and I loved it. So to be you know, honest, pretty much canceled it out. To be honest, I did come out of it thinking, huh. Because I expected it to be something super mind-blowing because I went in with like abnormally high like, oh, it's crazy? How crazy can it get? But when I like let it like stew for a little bit, I was like, okay, yeah. If I went in not knowing anything, that, that escalation in that movie is like perfect. Mm-hmm. It's just I went in with too high of expectations of something crazy happening versus something just crazy happening. And it does get crazy. But if everyone tells you it's so crazy, you know, the bar is really high. But I did really like sure. it and thought it was really well done. It's basically like it has some very Tarantino vibes at times. True. So, so train, train, I was going to say train spotting. That's a totally different, amazing director. Snowpiercer. <laughs> yeah, Danny Boyle, who directed Sunshine, which you mentioned earlier. Yes, I like Sunshine a lot. Anyway, yeah, sorry, sidetracking. Anyways, Snowpiercer. <laughs> Snowpiercer was Bong Joon Ho's, is, how do you, how do you say it? Like twice removed movie? No. It wasn't his last movie. His last movie was, was Okja on Netflix. Before mm-hmm. that was Snowpiercer. I I think that's the movie that 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 finally broke him into I guess the mainstream. I don't know if right. you guys would agree. I I would say so. I mean I yeah I would say so because it was his first, I guess American movie. Yeah, I would say so because every time that Parasite was referenced in the mainstream press, like not in the cinephile like film world, but like in like you know CNN or whatever, that would be like the director of movies such as. Snowpiercer, yeah. So, so yeah, I think I think that's the one where he kind of crossed over quite so, literally. So so it's it's actually ba- based on a French comic, I believe, uh, like a like a three part French comic mm-hmm. that that Bong Joon Ho adapted, uh, starring Chris Evans and Jamie Bell, along with I forget her name. She she was recently in a horror movie, which we'll, we might talk about later. Uh, she was in Ma. What's her What's her name? I could look it up if you want. Yeah, good. Well, look it up for me. She she's also in the movie, and it also has the oh I I forget, I forget his name, but but the the poor father from Parasite is also one of the main characters. In oh, the, uh, Kang Ho. Uh, I never remember his last name. Yeah, Kang, Kang Ho. Kang Ho. Kang, yeah, yeah, Kang. Yeah, his Johnny Depp. Are you thinking of Tilda Swinton? By the way, not Tilda woman? Swinton. She's in it too. So is Octavia Spencer. I forgot about that. Octavia Spencer. That's who. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Tilda, she's Tilda, a mom. Tilda, yeah. Tilda Tilda, <laughs> Tilda Swinton's also in the movie. Uh, yeah. They're they're all great. So it's about this train that's that's constantly moving across the world after scientists accidentally froze the world to combat global warming. And it's all about class, the 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 I guess the poors or as they're called the tailies are all the way in the back, all the rich people are in the front, they enjoy they enjoy more lavish lives while everybody in the back has to eat like protein bars that are full of bugs. basically Full yeah yeah that's a that's a, a spoiler for I, I guess we're gonna talk we're gonna talk is it a spoiler spoilers. I mean they were giving out bug filled protein bars at Comic Con to promote the show last year so it's not like they're hiding that I have mm, one in my house right, it's probably sure. expired that I probably should I mean if you didn't go to Comic Con you probably no no but I mean like the marketing machine wasn't hiding that like I don't know if it's a spoiler in the way that like anyway continue Sorry. all right that, that's a good point <laughs> that's a good point so anyways so this so they after. A couple of years in development hell, they finally adapted it to TV, but in a very interesting way. So it's still you still have that 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 uh, classified in the TV show, and it shows mm-hmm. you the first time that 
the Snowpiercer actually starts moving. Like you see a bunch of a bunch of rich people get on the, on the train, and then a bunch of other people like storming into the train. Oh, interesting. So they, it's not like with the movie where it just you're kind of dropped in the middle of an already existing new society in motion. Right. You actually get to see the society sort of pick up speed quite. No, no, no. So it's okay. just at the very beginning. They just oh, show okay. you people, and the main character played by uh, I, I'm not sure. I think it's either David Diggs or or. Um, I don't remember his name. I also don't remember his name in the TV show. Huh. I should I should have thought this one through. But we, we just but call him protagonist. We'll we'll call him we'll call him Chris Evans in the TV show. Okay. <laughs> TV we'll, we'll just, Chris. TV Chris. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, isn't that in a way their fault if they didn't make the name memorable, memorable or at least or make it obvious that it's I don't know. I mean, usually you, uh, no, you, I, you I, I remember I, the I, protagonist name. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame the. I wouldn't. I, I, blame I, mean, my, I couldn't even name what Chris memory. Evans' character was in the movie. I just know it was Chris Evans because <laughs> yeah, you know, I saw it point. seven years ago, six years ago, whenever it came out, or whenever it was on airplane. Do you remember the names of anybody in that thing? Because then uh, that Tilda Swinton is Tilda Swinton, Mr. Tilda Wilford, Swinton. who uh, yeah, that's right. who is the uh, the the creator of the Snowpiercer. Uh, so well, I guess that would make sense. Yeah. So so because this is oh, and the movie was all about the revolution of the tailies, the people in the back trying to you know get better lives yeah bong joon ho has always been has always been uh been a proponent of i guess class dividation yeah he loves to focus on essentially classism i guess would be the right yeah class and the the disparity between rich and poor and middle and not just that but how to present it in different ways with different like metaphors i guess or not even metaphors they're usually pretty in your face but different different angles to tell the same basic story yeah, absolutely, and yeah. and he's actually an executive producer on the show, which which I didn't know oh, until I saw. I thought they just up. ran with it. Huh. Yeah, I I did too. So it it's good that that he's part of it. And so this is this doesn't take place in the same I guess universe as the movie. It's a it's a brand new canon. But while the movie solely focused on a revolution, because it's a TV show, they have to serialize it in some way, and so the main character gets brought up to the front of the like immediate almost immediately gets brought mm-hmm. up to the front of the snowpiercer because he used to be a homicide detective and there's been a murder on the snowpiercer oh interesting Uh-oh. so the snow so the movie's premise is the backdrop for a serialized crime show or is it a overarching yes. single plot so so there's two plots I'm sure going it'll on connect because, later yeah because because there are still seeds of the revolution happening in the TV show, mm-hmm. but they're using the serialization of a murder mystery to, I guess, for the lack of a better term, keep the wheels turning. Oh, I hate myself for. Oh man, that was good. I I applaud that. <laughs> and so, gener- so there's there's the main character. There's there's really only two characters that you really care about right now. Uh, the main character's name. I gotta look it up. Or can you look I got up you. I got you. I got you. Um, keep talking. I'll get it for you. <laughs> so, John Smith. No, it's not John, John Smith. Smith. I want to because I because uh, I'm going to continue watching the show. It is. At least I'm going to try. Uh, cast and characters. The Diggs is Andre Layton. Oh my Andre. God! Is a crime okay. solver named Layton? No way. Are we back in Nintendo now? Professor Layton. Nope. No, nope. we'll, we'll save we'll save that we'll save that for next week. Professor. Anyways. Layton. So there's so there's there's Andre Layton, 
And there's also Jennifer Colley's character, who is the voice of the train, who every morning wakes up and announces, hey, we're going to pass by through this, this place, blah, 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 prepare for like a, a bumpy ride, that kind of thing. And so she's fascinated by the tailies. And so that's why she brings on uh, Andre almost immediately to the front. Oh, mm-hmm. well, it's not even it's not even her that brings that up. It's Mr. Wolford himself, the guy who created the Snowpiercer, who wants help solving this this mystery. We still obviously we still don't know all the details. There is a major twist at the and I guess this is spoiled, but there is a twist at the end of the first episode that I don't know how they're going to handle going forward, but it definitely piques my interest enough to this might be the first show that I watch on a week to week basis since I don't know I don't know when I got rid of direct TV in my room. I don't know, two thousand two thousand thirteen. So, do you prefer not watching on a week to week basis? Like do you like just bin I guess both of you, do you prefer just binging all at once so you can just get through it quicker? And this is like the rare exception to that? Well uh, sometimes I like what I like having things to look forward to. Yeah. I guess it's it goes on a show to show basis, honestly. Mm, okay. If, yeah, if it's guess... something easily digestible, yeah, I would want to. I'd want to watch the entire thing, the entire season at once. But if it's something as I guess I wouldn't call this heavy. I wouldn't call the show exactly heavy, but mm-hmm. you but know, you want some time to think about. Like I wouldn't really want to binge Breaking Bad. I would right. like to watch it bit by bit, as I did. I guess when it first came out. Yeah. Right. But something like Harley Quinn, which is easy to. You know, binge. We just keep going one after the other. Yeah. Which, by the way, thank you for mentioning Harley Quinn on the last QC because uh, I watched it the first season. It's pretty good. Bane is the best. I sorry, I keep putting you on tangents. Uh, oh, that's <laughs> But no, yeah. Like I'm like your recommendations are worth listening to, Angel. I finally learned after how long of ignoring them. So uh, yeah. So Harley Quinn's pretty good. Harley Quinn is pretty good. Yeah. Put but, that but on the, the back of the the Blu-ray box. Do you see? Yeah, exactly. Just and just cite my like me, <laughs> but no. The the reason I was asked about Benji is because I've come to realize that, with the exception of I guess things like Harley Quinn, um, and I'm kind of glad Snowpiercer falls under. Says I much prefer TV where there's like stuff going on where there could be a conversation around. Or you could go to the subreddits and go to the off-topic section, whatever forum you hang out in or whatever, and like there's all this speculation and you know circumstance and like it's like this whole drawn out thing there's like it's like a cultural thing even if it's on a small scale not every show is a game of thrones but like i really enjoyed with mr robot like having that like week to week gap where you had like figure out what's going on and theorize and that sort of thing so it's interesting that snowpiercer for you kevin at least is making you think that that's the best way to watch it at this stage yeah and, and the fact that it's been in development hell for so long i think they finally i think they probably have a grasp on the route that they want to go with the with the show, especially considering this could have easily been like a this is on TNT, I believe this could have been like on TNT subscription service, I, right? I assume right. It, I assume on, happened, uh, but. I guess it'd be HBO Max. That would be them. Uh, I don't think they're Warner owned. No, TNT is TNT and TBS are Turner, which is Turner, which uh, broadcasting, which was bought by Warner and became Time Warner, and now is Warner Media. Hmm. They're the same company as like uh, Adult Swim and all that. And Monopolies, yo, it's yep. insane. Gotta love them. Yeah, but anyways, uh, so Snowpiercer, I I love the movie. Bong Joon Ho's awesome. This pilot was supposed to be directed originally by Scott Derrickson, the director of Doctor Strange. Hmm. And the former director of Doctor Strange 2. And the soon-to-be director of The Labyrinth sequel. I don't know if you heard about that. 
Oh, I don't want to see a labyrinth no. sequel. <laughs> well, apparently they, he's doing it. I mean, uh, I guess he's film? talented. Yeah, I guess, David yeah. Bowie. I think David that's the only labyrinth I know of, so it has to be. You can't make a, a – uh, oh, man. I love David Bowie so much. You can't make a labyrinth sequel without David Bowie. No, you can't. I mean, I guess they're going to they're gonna try, but – One day I'll have to look to see what the whole hubbub is around this David Bowie person. Oh, your brother, your brother got into him a little bit. Really? Yeah. Huh. I mean, I know what he looks like, but I'm, I'm sure <laughs> you I'm, know what he looks like. <laughs> well, well, just because I've seen like clips of Labyrinth, I'm sure he's done more than that. Is he a singer? Yeah, he's a singer. Yeah, yeah, he's a big singer. He collaborated with Queen. You like Queen? You probably know a lot of those. He's very skinny though. He is. But I see, yeah, yeah, do you, yeah. You you know Under Pressure? He's the other guy. Oh, the, he's the other that's guy. that's oh, someone oh, calling oh. you to explain, you know, to be like, how do you not know David Bowie? Yeah, we're taking callers. Yeah, live. we're taking callers, except no one's listening in on this. I don't know how they know. It's like right. telepathic. It's like a David Bowie radar went out. Uh, all right. Can can we get the name of the first caller, please? Um, looks like there's Ted Danza. Ted Danza? I thought, that's a person. <laughs> Is Ted Danza a person, or are I you talking about Ted Danson? Danson. <laughs> yeah. Ted oh, Danza. they hung up. You know, yeah. it's, it's not good. Though. Yeah, we, we, may could, have, we could have very quickly... Um, gone into a whole improv routine with that one and yeah ted dan sin is who i was thinking of ted dan's uh well anyways i i hope you i hope you do listen to david bowie angel he's probably one of my favorite artists uh probably is my i thought like i've been avoiding him just never got around to no all right and i'd love to discuss music with you on this very podcast once assuming you do hear uh david bowie you have assignment for next time angel no 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 (laughs) i don't want to force no when when it organically makes sense yeah that's yeah so uh, that's Snowpiercer. Jason just yeah. rips the band-aids off these transitions before I even have I was just uh, the one time to read everywhere. What do you mean? You, no, you just brought up you All right, let's talk about HBO Max, Jason. Well, you know, it's fitting. Watch, you ready? It's fitting because we were just talking about how uh, TNT is owned by the same people that own you know Warner, which is now putting everything onto HBO Max as one big thing. Um, but yeah, I didn't really want to necessarily talk about HBO Max itself versus just like, I guess a little of HBO Max. I guess my thing that I'm kind of Ooh. fixated on in the last couple of weeks and months, and it's going to be this way in a month as well with Peacock, is like, can we stop with the excessive number of streaming services? <laughs> like, it's getting, I mean, they're doing things to hype up their streaming service that arguably don't need to necessarily be done because they have nothing else they can do. So... The Snyder Cut of Justice League, for example. I know there's a fan demand for it on some level, but they're basically willing Not something. Fan demand. They're basically willing um, something out of nothing because they need a tent pole for a service they're launching when they realize they don't have any tent poles for it. But they're still going to charge you 15 bucks a month for this tent poleless thing, which is more than all the other guys who have tent poles and have the same back catalog. It doesn't make sense to me i guess is kind of where i'm going with this like what would you guys take of think of the snyder cut announcement i assume you heard about it with justice league seems like a slippery slope yeah that's that's kind of what i was thinking i mean kevin do you have much of an opinion one way or another on it so i i think this was already people people are like oh this is slippery slope but really the slippery slope hap started with when... mass effect 3 sorry didn't mean to cut you off <laughs> So, yeah, wait, when was Mass, Mass Effect 3? 3. 3. That was 2013, I think. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Angel, what'd you say? 
Oh no, they won with Mass Effect. 3. Oh yeah, because I remember. Or something. Oh yeah, and this, this is as I mean, there was obviously Sonic, and even before the Sonic had, was um, what I was gonna say. Well, before that one, um, there was a whole Ninja Turtle thing with Michael Bay for a while. There were gonna be aliens, right. and they were just gonna call them Ninja Turtles, but. After the backlash, they went back and just added Teenage Mutant at the beginning of it. And we're like, nope, they're not aliens. Don't worry. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I guess because yeah. I guess, I guess the thing is, like, I don't – I appreciate the fact that all these companies are now, instead of trying to sell us individual DVDs and Blu-rays, saying, hey, here's our entire library at your fingertips. Granted, you're paying us a lot more per year to access it than if you just bought the Blu-ray. But the accessibility of all these shows, the fact that – you know, a lot of creators are able to theoretically produce content and get shows made that they are trying to pitch but didn't have an audience for because things could be more niche on these platforms now. Um, the fact that all that's possible is great, but at the same time, it's just like I feel like it's opening up the door with things like Justice League to really – like the fan entitlement syndrome for Aquabara Turner just going to get so much worse as time goes on, especially if – they are putting sort of their best foot forward to launch these services with we're going to do what you want us to do. And that just to me, I'm just oh. like, it just keeps reminding me of um, like the Pokemon situation last year where for a year, all we heard about with Sword and Shield was, um, oh, there's no national decks. And the game still sold great at the end, but there's that small contingent of people and that small contingent of people in a different setting now with Justice League are getting exactly what they want. And it's not like, that's bad like i'm happy for them and i bet you this new snyder cut whether it's a movie or a mini series my guess is it's gonna be a mini series because they're probably gonna want to emulate watchmen's prolonged success have people tune in over multiple weeks make people have to pay for at least two months instead of one month you know that sort of thing um i suspect like that's gonna be pretty cool but um i don't necessarily know if like that's like is it gonna turn around the movie in ways that fans have been demanding for years probably not it's not gonna be that much better if it is cool but like like does this mean that every single movie you don't like you can now basically petition a different version and all the streaming services go like well we need content so sure and there's basically no like original form of a movie anymore <laughs> like it's just, it opens up so many questions that i don't have answers to just so so many questions so the snyder cut is oh man i, I hate getting into this into this uh into this conversation but the snyder cut is an interesting <laughs> example because Zack Snyder, he wasn't removed. Yeah. Well, to to internet conspiracy theorists out there, he was removed from Justice League. But the official story from from Warner was that he took a leave because of uh, his daughter. Because of his uh, yeah, his daughter for personal reasons. Because mm-hmm. he had a he had a very very unfortunate uh, tragic. He tragic went through event a lot. Happen. Yeah. yeah, he went through I feel a lot. really bad for him and his wife, but that I can't imagine. But anyway. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so Joss Whedon came in to quote unquote clean it up and the movie came out and I so I already hated Batman vs. Superman. I thought Man of Steel was great. I with the exception of a couple of parts of that movie. I yeah, I already I hated like. I already I already hated Batman vs. Superman. And people said that Justice League was was better than, than BBS. I hated Justice League way more than I hated Batman vs Superman. You know, you know what the thing was to me is Batman vs Superman. Take or leave what its identity was, but it had an identity. Like it knew Martha. what it was. 
Yeah, exactly. Like that. Okay, that's dumb. But like, it was very comfortable in whatever that skin it had was. And Justice League felt like a focus grouped. How do we take the identity that we were building with the DCEU? This kind of weird, darker. Everything's like shades of gray. Literal. Like every outfit was like gray tinted. How do we do that? And then like also make it kind of more interesting and more what the public like we were wants. Back in the 2010s of gaming. Kind of. Yeah. It was very much like shade. It was like Bomberman. Well, it was the Bomberman well, yeah. zero of superhero movies. <laughs> but yeah, it was Everything like, like brown and gray. Exactly. And it was just like, you could see that they were like pulled in two different directions and Joss Whedon was just there kind of cleaning up the mess. But, um, so I'd rather, yeah, like to, to your point, Kevin, I'd rather they go if they, now that we're at this point where apparently, you know, they're making this, um, might as well see what the original, like full dark, full Snyder cut is if we're going to do it. And at least it'll stay true to the identity. It was supposed to be opposed to this weird focus group hodgepodge. It became, the way that the... I mean, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, like, I mean, they're not redoing anything, like everything from scratch. Like, I mean, like, what the footage we saw in the, I guess, in the final version of the movie that we saw, like, it's still gonna appear at some point. Most, there, right? I would or assume. Is... So basically, from my understanding, and Kevin, you might know more about this. So correct me if I'm wrong. But... So I mean, it sounds like there's only so much they can. Well, they're investing do. thirty million dollars, and they're bringing I, back. I, I the personally crew. feel. Go ahead. Like my 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 gut just kind of tells me that it's not going to be any better than it's not the movie that we got. It's just going to be longer. So yes, there, I think I think, I, I, think you're about, I think you're about right. I think that's probably what's going to be. People that have this this vision of um, the movie's going to be this totally different experience. I don't think it's true. I do think it will be more focused and it will have more of an identity for itself than like Justice League, which the first half kind of felt one way and then the second half they're like oh we're all gonna just fight a big cg yeah. monster but um at the end of the day the main villain still wasn't that interesting like yeah. the main conflict still wasn't what it could have been yeah like i don't think they can really change that unless they redo that which they're not what we know going in right now is they're getting 30 extra million dollars they have five hours or so four and a half hours or so of footage um, which was whittled down to make the first movie uh some of that footage is not gonna match what came out in the final movie because uh joss Whedon did do reshoots at one point um, so there is like a different story huh. to be explored a little, but it is ultimately still kind of the same thing. And it's going to be very strange to watch and have one scene that you recognize, jump to a scene you don't jump back to a scene you do. But yeah, I don't know. Just like, like conception, I'm very curious to see how it plays out, but I'm a little worried about the Oh yeah, it sets. for sure. Like, yeah. I really want to see what this, cause I mean, I feel like a lot of, I mean, the main argument I hear a lot is that like, oh, it, it obviously felt very rushed. They just kind of gathered everyone quickly, and it wasn't it been a couple vision, movies. which is yeah. the the but, way that people are, are trying to. But I feel this. like I mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it was. It did feel rushed, but I feel like my problem wasn't really with how they got everybody. But yeah, I mean, and if I they think, want to extend on that. Maybe that will make me like it more. But, but I, I think what's I weird now is so they're making it this big tent pole for HBO Max, right? But simultaneously, the DC universe has moved on significantly in just the past few years from the vibe of what they were trying those first few movies. Like, oh yeah, Aquaman so way much. Lighter, yeah, now. it's way lighter and more, and literally more colorful. Um, they're not well, as, with the exception of Joker, but yeah, even Joker, you could argue. Well, yeah, it's not lighter, but it certainly had more color <laughs> than. Uh, <laughs> Than, uh, oh, yeah. than Justice League. Yeah, I meant tone-wise. Yeah, but... no, but like it's they've gone into this different... And Joker, arguably, the argument that DC's made is Joker's a one-off independent story using a familiar character. So they could still say, well, the DCEU is this other thing separate from Joker. But like, you know, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, they're both um, part of the... Still referencing each other indirectly Shazam. and stuff. And yet they're completely different. Like Wonder Woman 84, 1984, looks awesome. It's so colorful. It looks really cool. Like I love the poster design and everything. But... um. 
yeah, I don't know. It's just it's weird that they're now basically going I feel backwards. Like the poster designs are more exciting than what I've seen. Of yeah, I should rephrase that. The poster design, show. I'm really into. The vibe of it, I'm really into. When you watch the trailer and she's in the mall, it literally looks like they just went back to the Stranger Things mall from the last season. They're like, hey, what if we just use this same set piece? But because you know they even have like the fake Walden books and all these old stores that no longer exist in that mall. It's just like they, we did this. Pop culture did this two years ago, but. Um, yeah, it's just weird now because because they're listening to fandom and basically whatever vision they had for their universe and the stories they want to tell is now kind of getting fractured in two different directions to let one person tell his story that was maybe silenced a little but is only now coming up because fans want to hear it. But simultaneously, it's the same but different from the path that the rest of the universe is going. It's weird. It's so, weird. Zach, so Zack <laughs> Snyder kept on going. There is a Snyder cut. There is a Snyder cut. If there was a Snyder cut, they'd release this immediately. I think this is what I what I have my the this is my biggest gripe. Yeah. Everybody kept kept yelling on the internet. There's a Snyder cut. There's a Snyder cut. There's an assembly cut. An assembly cut is way different from from like a, a final product. Yeah. Which absolutely. is what, what Zack Snyder had, but he yeah. kept bother, He kept like prodding his fans to be like, "Hey, talk to Warner Brothers so that so that I can finally release my cut." He, and there was never a Snyder cut. Not only that, but also like um, – and I don't blame him for this. And I don't blame uh, Gal Gadot or Ben Affleck for this either. But you know, the fan demand hit a level where basically the actors, Jason Momoa and all of them, were kind of like, well, hold on. We can fix the legacy of that movie. OK, we'll jump on the bandwagon. And then like a year ago, they all started doing like hashtag release the Snyder cut as well. Which there's two ways of looking at it. either the, the, the stars were like supportive of the fans wanting to see more of their characters by a different light and just like, okay, well, if that's what the fans want, sure. Or if you want to put on a tinfoil hat for a minute, this was planned for the last year and a half to two years, and they were doing a very slow organic marketing campaign knowing they had a streaming service coming down the pipe. You don't make HBO Max overnight. That This thing has been in development forever. It's been in development since at least AT&T bought um, – Warner Brothers, which was in 2016. Are you talking about the Snyder Cut or HBO I'm, Max? I'm saying HBO Max has been Both? in the works since 2016. So I'm saying there's two ways you can look at this. Either they co-opted it because Zack Snyder was passionate about it and they saw the fans of their characters were passionate about it, the actors, or – and this would even give Zack Snyder a little uh, you know, credit back from what you were saying, that he was just pushing for a thing that didn't exist. Or um, this was a very, very, very slow burn of a marketing campaign to get enough interest in a do-over of Justice League to quell the most hardcore fans while giving a tentpole to a service that they didn't think would have one. Uh, I'm going to go with the first one. So am I, but I like to wear a tinfoil hat sometimes. <laughs> especially especially I think Ben Affleck has gone on record of calling Justice League Justice League. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's very so. similar to the community cast when Dan Harmon left. Like they they trudged through their season four, but they were super happy having back in season five, and were not shy about saying how right. much they dislike season four. So yeah, realistically, it's that one. But it is there's a part that's kind of like because it goes back to my earlier point. These services are launching, but they need tent poles. Like what's Peacock's right. tent pole in a month? They have reruns of Parks and Rec because that's how they're advertising it right now. Is we have reruns. Yeah, they of have Parks reruns of The Office. Yeah, well, both. Yeah, but um. Yeah, actually, The Office is probably the bigger of the two, which is why Netflix scrambled to get Space Force out ahead of Peacock to keep that Steve Carell audience that used to watch when The is Office Peacock on Netflix. Launching? July. Gotcha. But yeah, so it's like you know all these services, and they all charge however much, and we're at the point where it's basically a cable channel. So to go back to my original point, like the whole reason things like this are happening, I think, is because they all need to stand out from each other. They can't all have a Mandalorian, and I don't think Disney anticipated Mandalorian blowing up how it did, but 
people bought Disney Plus for Mandalorian. Like it was a Baby Yoda was a thing in pop culture for like six to eight weeks there, and they didn't have merchandise ready. So like that's how much it kind of. Partly they didn't have it ready because uh, they didn't want to spoil Baby Yoda at the request of John Favreau, but also like I don't think they anticipated that groundswell of attention it got. So like now every service since you know probably the whole time since they were is looking for their Baby Yoda is looking for their Baby Yoda. And I think they knew going into this they need a temple, but I think now after Mandalorian they're even more like oh god we need something that can have some cultural cachet immediately. Like one of the things HBO Max wanted to do was they paid a pretty penny to get all the people from Friends, the cast, to reunite, to do a special reunion episode thing. Like, a, I don't even know if it was an episode. I don't know if it was scripted, but it was going to be a one-hour special. Coronavirus delayed it. It's still going to happen, but they put so much money down because they're like, oh, well, people will check out HBO Max because we can lure them in with a Friends reunion, and then we have all the reruns for them after that if they want because we'll be the only place that has mm-hmm. Friends now. It's like all these weird I wonder what Matthew plays. Perry was up to. Matthew Perry, I'd say, is like the busiest of the bunch. He's always in stuff. Him and Jennifer Aniston. Really? Him and Jennifer I mean, Aniston. I know he was in that one with where he was like a young dude, kind of like the thirteen going on thirty. But seventeen with... again. Zach Efron. Yeah. Uh, no, but he's done yeah, a bunch. He Zac does. A, he's like I feel like every three years he has a new comedy on uh, NBC that lasts for approximately half a season. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like he had one that was like a. Uh, it was almost like Community. What about Matt Leblanca. Uh, I don't know what he's really up to, and like Lisa Kudrow still does stuff a little lower attention yeah level. she's coming out in something soon yes yeah, she's in space force actually i take it back it's not low level yeah she's in space force Which... uh what about i'm on a break dude i don't know his actual name oh he's also on something um ross uh, oh he was in uh people versus oj or whatever the american crime story thing on fx he played what a about courtney cox i, I guess, was on a I guess movie. she last thing i remember is she was in um cougar town cougar town yeah so Cougartown's they're all doing they're all doing stuff. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, um, well, we, we, the only one we haven't mentioned is I already forgot her name, but I'm sure Jennifer she's Anderson? the one that we all know. Lisa Kudrow. Oh, yeah, there you go. No, we said Kudrow. She's in Space Force. Oh, um, yeah, just Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, she was in that movie with the dude from The Office. She had the RV. I think it was called RV. Oh no, it was called, uh, and it wasn't the dude from The Office. It was We're the uh, Millers. It's We're the Millers, and it was what Sudeikis from SNL. Sudeikis. Yeah, Jason Sudeikis from, from being the married Hangover? to Olivia Wilde. What? The guy from The Hangover? Ed Helms? He's from The Office. I keep confusing. I know. Yeah, all, listen, I, I can say this as one. Uh, I mean, I'm not in Hollywood, but I can say this. All us like generic white dudes look the same. <laughs> you're, you're definitely not generic. I'm not generic. I, I, yes. Listen, let, Although, let me let me. I take that back. There were a few times at E3, I want to say two years ago, where I could have sworn I saw you and I started walking towards the back of you and then you turned around and, oh, you also it? told me when you went to san francisco for gdc last year that you oh, kept yeah, seeing so me around Jasons. yeah because i'm i'm a different cut of generic white dude i'm nerd generic yeah those guys are like hollywood generic but we're all in our own collective way generic Man, i feel sorry <laughs> for all those that i confused you for i apologize to you if you were one of them Wait, don't apologize to me, <laughs> just to them. Well, no, because wow. you have because to. Because there's more poor like. souls out there that look they like. Have to be, yeah, no, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. I do feel bad for them. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't remember where I was going with this, but it's just I think we're hitting a tipping point with streaming services where it's too many. That's I guess the takeaway. I think we already hit that. <laughs> I look forward. It's already happening with the Disney, Hulu, ESPN I mean, I, bundle, I, I, but I can't wait till they're like, we're gonna bundle twelve different streaming services together for fifty dollars a month, and I'll be like, cool, you just invented cable. Like it's gonna happen. It's only a matter of time. I mean, I mean, I hate that. Well, I mean, I love. I mean, I love Crunchyroll. I love that it has a ton of stuff on there. But 
I hate that it's not like the one-stop shop for all your anime stuff. Like, oh, Netflix like has a stranglehold on a bunch of things that are really good. And then there's also like some stuff on Funimation that they keep close to the chest. And I forgot the other one. High Dive. Um, yeah, High Dive. And there's even some stuff on um, Verve. So it's kind of spread out. But it's at least you do get the main stuff on Crunchyroll, I guess. And I say main stuff because, you know, it's the more mainstream stuff. But I'm sure there's a lot of things that I'm missing out on that, for all I know, could be my favorite. But yeah, it's going to – it's all going to fracture – more and more and more until at some point i think we're at the tipping point so we'll see what happens like quibi not that they have anything of note but they bombed hard so like there are gonna be some that aren't gonna take off i think the ones that are for big monolithic corporations like at&t with hbo max or what was that <laughs> a bookshelf fell oh yeah that's the weight of all these streaming services on it but yeah uh, at&t for uh, hbo max like comcast for uh peacock like those will live on because they have the muscle behind it but yeah i don't know it's 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 weird because, like, remember- music tried this. Do you guys remember a few years ago where, like, albums were exclusive to a streaming service for, like, a couple months or permanently? Mm, I guess I don't. Like when – I guess you guys would for sure. Yeah, like, it was just, like, the big releases, like, only on – like, Kanye's Life of Pablo, only on Tidal, or Beyonce's Lemonade, only on Tidal for, like – or Jay-Z for a long time did not put any of his stuff on Spotify. And Apple Music started dabbling in it, Spotify started dabbling in it, and then just collectively the industry went, you know what? This doesn't make sense and just stopped. And it's great because now whatever you have, you can access your genre you enjoy. So, like to your anime point, you know, if if, if, yeah. if, if TVs were like music services, if TVs, if streaming TV services were like music services, you log in with what you want and you just access a library. But because of how, I guess the dichotomy of it all, it's, it, it's not. And now you're gonna have to have like seven yeah, services. And, <laughs> and when it works, I mean, I'm more than happy to pay the money. Like I remember in college, I guess before the server Crunchyroll, I did go to like kiss anime or those like websites where you could just like stream them i guess not very legally Mm -hmm. but then once i found out that there was a better way that actually was convenient it's only 50 bucks a year so it's like really cheap and yeah so now i did that and that's really what they're banking on and that's what source but but now there's but now there's like it's convenient but now there's so many shows across multiple platforms that i want to watch but that'd just be way too much if I bought all of them. Like, there's some stuff on HBO Max, there's some stuff on Hulu, there's some stuff on Netflix. And and I think it almost makes me want to pirate it. I think that's you know. that's the tipping point indicator. It's not going to be necessarily that the content isn't consumed. People will just go back to consuming it in what they find easier ways, i.e., piracy. I don't know. Back when Netflix was like the only thing. Like yeah, exactly. Because like, I I can't think of a good example. But let's say there's a show. That you want to watch, and it's one show on HBO Max, and it's fifteen bucks for that one show. While you're paying six bucks for Disney, eight bucks for Hulu, twelve bucks for Netflix. Are you gonna you're go pay- much paying like for cable again? Yeah, exactly. Like I, the joke I was making before, like it's on demand all the time. But, but, yeah, but like, yeah. let's say you know, let's say you have your one HBO Max show. Let's say you already burned through your trial from the last season of it a year ago. Are you gonna pay the fifteen bucks, or are you just gonna, if you already know all the resources from before, just go like one of those websites where you can just stream it for free and not yeah, worry about yeah. it? So. Now, some people are very um, rich. <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say some people are very serious about not stealing content, wanting to support the creators. But there's a lot of folks out there that are just like, no, nah, this is too much. I don't have this money. I can't. Especially now with the economy. Like, I don't know what they're thinking. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to animation, if I could support it, which is why I subscribe to Crunchyroll, like, I'll definitely do it just because it is really expensive and, like, ridiculously hard. It's not like. You can just get an actor to do... I mean, not that acting is easy, but comparing to animation, it's like you have to have someone do their line. It's someone that has to draw every single little frame of it. So Yeah. 
Yeah, they they need all the support, especially like Japanese anime. Like they get paid like so poorly. It's it's kind of borderline. It, it's terrible, apparently. Yeah, it's funny because there's like there's almost like hierarchy to this, right? Because like the streaming yeah, sounds it's, better it's when not you're great. <laughs> yeah, but I mean like the I mean there's hierarchy to like the whole idea of like what you're willing to support because like streaming, you're like oh well, fifteen bucks I get so much stuff, but then meanwhile out comes like you know the movies they're not even bothering to put in theaters anymore. Uh, because theaters aren't open and it's just like oh for 20 bucks you can watch 90 minutes of scoob or whatever or i don't even know or the lovebirds on netflix you can watch like this 90 minute well no that's a bad example because they aren't doing that they're doing it right with with the lovebirds but with like scoob or with trolls or with um a couple others i know palm springs from the lonely island will be doing no i take that back palm springs is hulu okay most real live action <laughs> movies are avoiding this most real like animated movies i'm saying real in the sense of theatrical um don't seem to be but, theatrical <laughs> yeah i know but uh i guess what i'm getting at is like what is the logic even for selling trolls for 20 bucks or scoop for 20 bucks to one person versus getting a 15 dollar streaming service versus getting a 10 dollar streaming service uh i guess versus pirating. New, but i don't know i mean apparently trolls did like ridiculously well with this model yeah but yeah. No, but I mean, like, like at some level, like, if people don't want to necessarily pay for this many streaming services, are they going to pay twenty bucks for? Literally, Scoob is like an hour and thirty three minutes. Are they going to pay twenty bucks for that? If they're not going to pay fifteen for HBO Max for their well, one show, well, to be fair, that's what I mean. I think it's like twenty bucks to rent it, or it's like twenty four to own it. And yeah, that's like, even worse. <laughs> and in the case of Scoob and those, like, that's not even worth it. It's like how much you would pay normally when you would buy it new. Yeah. So you pretty much yeah. So you pretty much just get to buy it, and you don't even have to rent it. If anything, they're losing money. Oh, unless that's what you meant. Yeah, no, that's my point. Is because... like cause people aren't going to necessarily bite the bullet on that. And and I get right now why they're doing it. And you know, trolls did. Well, make... I mean, not twice. I mean, it's not like you go to the theater, pay for your ticket, and then buy it after. Yeah. In this case, they're just missing out on one. Yeah, but even then, like, or people just won't buy it because they don't think. You know, if a, if a movie like Lovebirds go on Netflix and that's like a theatrical release of a live action quality, probably on tier on par with like Scoob as an animated movie in terms of like you know the like a mid range movie type of thing. Um, like if I'm you know if I'm on Netflix, why well, I like, well I'm gonna pay twenty bucks for Scoob, I'm gonna get Lovebirds for free. Like what in in my head, how do you reconcile that to make Scoob worth it? Is the type of thing. Granted, I don't have children, so that's a bad example. But <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I feel like. I don't know. I, I think it is just knowing that something is coming to Netflix and something that was supposed to be a theatrical release. Like, I don't think anyone, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I probably am. But it's like knowing that Scoob and Trolls were coming out in theater and then suddenly weren't. I was still under mentality. All right, it's still going to cost like 13 to 20 like to like get it on a home release. Right. Especially because they realize that most people are going to have a family. So in really, in reality, it's like they're playing like five bucks per ticket. If it's like a family of four. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm saying, but, what I'm saying is uh, like those movies I rattled off that work. So, so it feels easy it. to, so it feels easy to separate. I guess. Yeah, I, I guess. Know. I'm just thinking, cause like, uh, Palm Springs from, like, I, I can't watch it anywhere else. Otherwise it just comes down to whether you want to watch Scoob or not, not whether yeah. you want to well, compare no, no. Scoob well, to some rephrase, other movie. Let me rephrase. I don't mean you're not going to watch Scoob. I mean, are you going to pay 20 bucks? Or you're just going to go find out one of those free websites real quick. That's what I mean. To your point uh, about like how many streaming services. Because if I can – because Lovebird was supposed to come out the same weekend what? as Scoob in theaters. So if Lovebird is free on Netflix and Scoob wants 20 okay, bucks, Okay, I, 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 I see what you mean. The, yeah, the, I, I guess how soon – yeah, people will get to the pirating a lot sooner. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean people are still going to yeah. watch Scoob. It's just you know, do you go get your VLC no, or whatever no, yeah, that player yeah, yeah. is I mean, or do cause, you – I mean – well, the, I mean the moment any movie – theatrical or otherwise gets like a blu-ray release they already get pirated but yeah, yeah. I, I it's basically day one piracy now and to be clear i think 
But um, but on the other hand, I mean, considering how much money Trolls made in spite of all the pirating, I mean, you're also getting a ton of people that, uh, for better or worse, I guess kind of like me, like, I'm going to watch this movie just randomly, and I pretty much overpaid yeah. to watch a movie by myself, and I'm sure you got a ton of that, which kind of makes up for that. Yeah, no, you're probably right. But, but the question becomes, it just becomes more... I'm sure their expectations also get lower. Yeah. I mean, the, the sales. But... I guess, I guess yeah, my thinking is over time. Oh, I said the S word. <laughs> As I say, over time, does uh, does this shift? Like right now, people are willing to do it because you know this is temporary. We're all stuck at home, and it'll stay somewhat temporary. But theaters aren't reopening at a regular capacity for a long time. Maybe twenty five percent. So does will people start going? Okay, I really don't want to pay twenty dollars again when half the movies are right here on my streaming service. Like maybe I'll just pirate this. Like that. I don't know if they're thinking long term with this right now, which they don't necessarily have to. Maybe this is all over in due time. I don't know. I'm just spitballing at this mm-hmm. point, but it's, it'll be interesting to watch as they push more streaming services that are mostly back catalog, especially with HBO Max where they didn't even fully do the back catalog. Like they're advertising – they have a great ad campaign by the way where it's like where this meets that. So it's like where the Dark Knight meets uh, uh, something else. I think it's a Watchmen reference um, or where like the, uh, the Time Lord meets the Fresh Prince or you know something like that for Doctor Who and Fresh Prince. So those are cool ads, but one of them was – the, the, the Batman one, the Dark Knight one, none of the Nolan Batman movies are on HBO Max, but they're using it to promote it right now. So it's like what, you're not even getting what you think you're getting when you buy these things. So, you know, what? where is this all going to shake out as people spend money on smaller streaming services, bigger streaming services, individual movies that aren't on streaming services? And at what point do people just get fed up is kind of why I'm wondering. But we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, there is a black exploitation streaming service that you can pay for on a monthly basis called uh, Drive Turkey. And that's... Uh, really, my entire input on this. That's like one thing. HBO Max is not is not available on uh, Roku devices or Amazon devices <laughs> or Amazon devices. Uh, oh, also, Apple devices. Yes, that it, reminds yes, me. I have one more thought and, on HBO. And, I have one more thought. I don't mean to monopolize this about eighteen. He's <sighs> getting a ton of no. This one's kind of weird. Why is it so hard to get be. HBO Max? Like, why is it that they're like so? There's HBO now. There's HBO Go. There's HBO Max. There's HBO. Right. Some people who have now can get HBO. Wait, you mean HBO Max isn't everything? No, it's not the max. It it, it is, but you don't guarantee. You're not guaranteed to get it. So HBO Max comes with your HBO subscription if you're subscribed to certain cable providers. HBO Max is an upgrade from HBO Now if you have HBO Now. HBO Go, which comes with your HBO from your cable, some of them can get Max, and some of them are stuck still on Go. And there's not a clear cut way to know which you have you have to like dig into their faq and then they list which providers are supported just play it safe and pay the 15 a month why exactly would you would you try to upgrade from hbo go to hbo max if you have hbo go you have hbo why aren't you going from hbo to hbo max because hbo go comes with hbo if you have a cable subscription so if you want max if you're on uh spectrum i think or, or xfinity or some of those cable providers you get your go replaced with max for free goes phased out for you if you're on some other cable providers you still have go so half the people are paying 15 bucks or 20 bucks whatever the cable package is to include their hbo comes with max and half the people that are paying the exact same amount to include their hbo comes with only go it doesn't make sense it's the exact same purchase there are four branches of hbo that don't all equally mean the same thing even though their content overlaps in pricing and setup it's just regionality like i frontier for my cable out here frontier hasn't signed a deal with hbo yeah uh, so fios verizon used to be our uh 
cable and internet and phone. They bought some other company on the East Coast, and part of the deal with the government is they had to give up California. So then we got Frontier, who is bankrupt currency uh, currently, I mean. So um, we have Frontier, and they haven't signed Ooh, a deal GG. with HBO, but we're paying the same price for HBO that the dude with Fios one state over is, and he gets HBO Max. So it, like, it's like, Why I don't understand... So yeah, so in that case, I just get rid of HBO and just get HBO Max. But what if, like in this case, hypothetically, you have a household where people like watching HBO on demand on the cable box? What you do there? So like, it's just like we, like we as consumers shouldn't be having to correct. We as commu- I'm just saying we as consumers should not have to be like figuring out the best way to circumvent AT and T having four basically identical services with nearly identical names. It's really like. That's the one thing streaming is supposed to make easy. You pay and you're done. They somehow to be fair, that. To be fair, they have three services. I don't count HBO Go as a service, considering that it's just your HBO subscription. Yeah, okay. That's fair. That's fair. So they have three. Yeah. They have three that have the same name. And that doesn't include AT&T now, are, which is a fourth service, or DC Universe, which is a fifth service, half of which content it goes into HBO Max, but half of which does not. Uh, Swamp Thing or whatever it's called is in HBO Max. Harley Quinn is not, arbitrarily. Well, Swamp Thing is dead, so. Like, <laughs> but like what, but I mean, it was a DC then. exclusive, DC Universe exclusive thing. You could still go stream it. You could still go stream it exclusively in DC Universe, but also in HBO Max. While Harley, you can only stream in DC Universe. Yeah, strictly speaking about the launch of this, yeah. It, yeah, it's been that's what I mean. It's really bad. They'll clean it up, but, like, they don't. AT&T, I mean, this is the company that said that, like, they have 5G-E, which is not a thing. It's 4G. So they're they're very bad at branding. Anyway, true, true, true. yeah. All right, well, so that's my rant. Jason. Damn. Jason, Jason uh, already spilled the beans as usual. This, this is going to be a, just a wait. What I spilled the beans on this thing. time? <laughs> what angel? Talk about Trolls World Tour real quick, or not real quick? Take your time. Yeah, I wasn't spilling the beans. Yeah, you drove into my conversation. Yeah, you dropped. You, you dropped both of them in. Oh, but I wasn't. It wasn't to segue i was just making a point using them but okay fair enough i know we're just we're just putting you on the spot i know go ahead onward but yeah i mean well i mentioned last time that i watched scoob and trolls and i remember last i think i also gave like a couple sentences like one sentence review of it but i have to go a little more in depth into it so man the world building and trolls as I said before, is amazing. Like it's such a weird like, thing to say. Yeah, that sentence, man. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. And like I never. I mean, and I only watched it because I was curious. Like I was just curious. Like where, like the premise. Like I thought was interesting. Like the first one. I mean, Jason and I watched it unfinished. Like before Aww. it was even. Yeah, it was, it was an unfinished version that we got like right. early. Uh, we we saw a screening of it. An early oh, screening. Okay. We had to sign a survey. Like, some parts were fully animated, some parts were just, like, you know, animatics hand-drawn, and other parts were very low-poly. But this one, like, the first one sets up the world, and it wasn't even this world, it's just, oh, the trolls are happy, these Bergen monsters want to eat them so they can be happy. And the end of the movie is just them coming together to, I guess, finding common ground to not get eaten. And sing. To make the trolls happy. And to sing. It's, yeah, and sing. It's a musical. Yeah, it, Yep, it's a Anna Kendrick and Justin Timberlake commercial, but um, the second the second one doesn't even like have the the Bergens or the trolls in them. I mean, they do make like a cameo at the very end, but this movie kind of feels like what the first one should have been. Essentially, it introduces that there's a whole world of trolls, and the trolls that we were watching the whole the, in the first movie were the pop trolls, 
and mm. they kind of and the and the pop trolls kind of divide into other subgenres like rap and hip hop and like those kind of beats. But then there's also metal trolls, country trolls, techno trolls, and I think it was no, not jazz. Oh, oh funk trolls and classical music trolls, and each of them also have subdivisions. But I love how out of context this sounds like you're just talking about fat rival factions on the internet that just like attack each other for their views. Jazz trolls and rock trolls and Well, the movie is pretty much that. Oh really? Um I mean so I mean I love that the movie establishes this that they aren't just one kind of troll. They get really like fun and wild with the designs of the trolls, like the techno trolls have their hearts exposed and they look like little <laughs> not in a gory way. I don't know that kind of sounds like <laughs> yeah, that's say, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Like, like, their hearts are little, like, pixelated hearts uh, that kind of, like, yeah. like pulse to the beat of their music because, you know, they're just doing, like, one more time. And they look kind of like, a, they look like mermaid trolls. Um, they look kind of interesting. And then the country trolls are obviously kind of like centaurs. They're like horses. But, um, yeah, so the movie, besides also looking like it came out of, like, Yoshi's, or, like, Little Big Planet. I don't want to say a Nintendo thing. Um, <laughs> the, like animation style is just great like they do like some like fake stop motion like sometimes throughout the movie and i don't know it's just very pleasing to the eyes it's like one of the movies that if you have access to it i wouldn't say go out of your way to pay for it because plot wise it's just okay it's like one of those things that it feels like it could have gone further with it it's like it has potential but it just doesn't go all the way with it and yeah it, it you know, it keeps it simple. I mean, it's a kids' movie, so. But I mean, the same studio also gave us Shrek and How to Train Your Dragon, and those movies I feel are more for all ages. This one definitely skews younger. But essentially, Barb, the queen of the rock trolls, you know, wants metal to take over everything because she feels it's the best type of music, and she brings up pretty solid complaints about every genre of music <laughs> that I feel that I feel people like that love those that. Or I, I guess people that hate those genres of music would point those things out if they were to, you know, attack someone that likes that type of music. You know, kind of just saying like, like oh, like pop is so like repetitive. It's just it's just catchy and like annoying. Or like classical music is very boring and doesn't really have like a lot going on. You know, just like typical things that I guess a lot of people have felt at some point. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. And the way she just like. I don't know who did the voice acting for her, but the way she was portrayed was just really good. Like, I don't know. She felt like a very believable character. Like, I was kind of rooting for her to succeed. Wow. And wow, you're you're egging on the trolls? Ooh. It's, uh, but, you know, I she's mean, obviously played by movie, so Rachel she... Bloom of uh, My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Wow. I guess Hello, it doesn't mean anything to me. Okay. Someone out yeah. there listening is like, oh, Rachel Bloom. I guarantee oh, well, someone's well, she did a it. good job with it. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I don't know. That movie definitely caught me off guard. I mean, was it worth paying 20 bucks? No. <laughs> but um, I guess because I just love animation and just wanted to like watch. I mean, because I didn't have to go to the theater for it. I mean, I I don't regret it. But I feel like I wouldn't recommend it to someone at that price. But no, yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth watching. I mean, you have, I don't know. It's, just, it's a very creative film. It's, it's very creative, I will say. Which I guess kind of leads into the other movie that, the other stay-at-home movie that I watched, which was Scoob, which I know Jason has also seen. Mm-hmm. I've also oh, seen Scoob. Oh man, this movie. This this movie. Oh yeah, Kevin saw it. Yeah, we saw it at the same time. 
Um, yeah, this movie. Um, I mean, I I'll just say that I enjoyed it. I liked the movie. I also enjoyed um, it. I did enjoy it. Like, I on some I, levels, I definitely won't say that. Like, it, it just had some problems. I felt like they definitely wanted to do different things with the movie. I don't know, it felt like there were a lot of contradicting storylines that just didn't really work well together. I mean, I guess we'll just start with the voice cast. Like, you know, Frank Welker did Scooby. Scooby was Scooby. Mm-hmm. He also looked great. I felt he looked as great as he could have looked as in a CG movie. Mm-hmm. And apparently it was really hard to get that model looking just right. And apparently they had to use a bunch of different, like, camera trickery and different models to make them look right from different angles. Just because, you know, Scooby was meant to be in a 2D environment. So putting him in CG, yeah, or I guess any cartoon character... You know, his proportions don't work in full 3D normally, unless they do some trickery. Yeah, yeah, and I love how some shows acknowledge it's like if you ever watched the Amazing World of Gumball, they do a gag where all the characters, you know, if they turn at a three quarters angle, they don't look right because, you know, they're just supposed to be looked at from one specific angle. But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, like Frank Welker was great. Everyone else, I don't know, like. You already had Frank Wilker. I guess he would have sounded too old for the Freddy they had. But, I mean, I, I actually, I was surprised I thought Freddy was as funny as he was. He was definitely that was, think, like, my most memorable character. That was a fine Fred, voice stylings a, oh, yeah, of Zac Efron, of all people. Fred was definitely my favorite part of yeah, the movie. Like, almost like every line that he said, like, actually got, like, a genuine, like, laugh out of me. Or, like, mm-hmm. most of us saw it. It was like, it just kind of came, it was, I don't know. It was, it was funny. The, I think the one that, I mean, Velma and Daphne, I mean, they were just, it just felt like they were just there. Like, I no, like, no real issues with their voices, but I don't know. They, I feel like they didn't really do much with them, but I guess the one that probably was the one that hurt the most was Shaggy. Played by Will Forte. Uh, I don't know. It, it felt like he was doing a poor impression of whoever normally does Shaggy. Like, honestly, they could have just gotten the voice of, I always forget his name, whoever yeah, played live-action Shaggy. Yeah, like, he does a really good Shaggy. Even if it's not, like, the one that sounds like in the cartoon, I feel like just the way he portrays them just sounds really great. I mean, the one in the cartoon just sounded like he had, like, that he struggles to talk or, like, he was always, like, half asleep or something, which Shaggy normally doesn't. I feel like, I mean, he does have, like, a slower, like, speed to his talking, but I don't know. This one just sounded, it was weird. You just felt the cadence was off, basically? Yeah. Like, more more than the voice, like, the actual cadence of the voice? Yeah, it, it just felt like he was struggling to talk a lot of the time. Mm. I don't know. Like, a lot of the, the delivery just felt, I don't know, just heavy. I don't know. What it, it was, was, de- it was definitely it was, off-putting a little. compared, yeah. to, compared mm-hmm. to the, the rest of the yeah. podcast. Like, yeah, like every time he talked, it was just awkward. I was like, ugh, like this is what it's like to get a celebrity forced into a movie. <laughs> I mean, when they could have just... I mean, everyone, I mean, Scooby-Doo has been a long... I mean, has been a thing for so many years that I feel like everyone knows or has an idea of what Shaggy sounds like. Even if you don't really watch Scooby-Doo or consider yourself a big fan. And, I don't know, I feel like even anyone could just tell you that that voice just wasn't that great. Unless you thought it was great, Jason. Nah, I'm sure I you mean, I like Will Forte, Jay. but I was kind of... The voice didn't, like, hurt me as much as it hurt you. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, it didn't, like... It felt a little off, but it didn't bother me in the same way. Like, it felt as off as some of the others to me. Like, it didn't really, like, jump out. Um, but I do get what you're saying. It is different, for sure. Uh and and I guess kind of tying it back to our discussion about the Snyder Cut, like this movie did go through a ton of rewrites. Yeah. Like there actually was a completely different plot of the movie 
or like somewhat similar, but that actually, you know, was a little longer and it tied more things together, which would make sense because like they don't even really solve a mystery in this movie. No. And the argument at the end just was so contrived. The friendship? Like when, Without yeah, like much, when Scooby yeah. And, when, yeah, when Scooby and Shaggy like go into, you know, towards like the mm-hmm. last arc mm-hmm. of the movie, the main characters have to fight and then they come back together at the end and these two was like, oh, you're going to take off your collar? Oh man, like no, they they give a pretty good reason like why he had to take it off. I mean, not good reason, but well, what's weird yeah, like, oh, is like I have to take it off. Like oh, it's okay, but I don't know. Everything they've been through, yeah. I don't know. It it's it a force. What was like, weird? A lot of that just felt like we like like the plot has to happen, so they have to fight. What was weird about that to me is um okay, full scoop spoilers because I know no one out there necessarily cares that much. Uh, so they have him. <laughs> if you do care, jump ahead about a minute. Um, so they have him take off the collar, but he doesn't take off the collar without first checking with Shaggy if he can take off the collar. And Shaggy's like, yeah, exactly. go ahead, take off the collar. <laughs> and then immediately Shaggy gets all mopey and sad. And then Scoob's like, but you told me to take off the collar. And Shaggy's like, you got to choose me or that, the people that made you take off the collar. He's like, but you gave me permission, human. <laughs> Why did you give me permission? I know. And, and what I thought was funny is that like, when, they, when they put on this like suit on him, like the, they call. give him like a – it's, it's like it, it comes with like a redesigned collar that it's pretty much based off of the collar that Shaggy yeah, gave it's the him. Same so I thought they were even going to be like, yeah. it's like, oh, they're honoring the pendant. Like, oh, that's cool. It's like he still has it it's, on. It's like, nope, it wasn't yeah. the original one. So screw you, Scooby Doo. That's a great name show, for a new but... spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> screw you, Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. I just imagine like Scooby Doo being like in constant bad know. situations, <laughs> or or just being like a dick to everybody else. Yeah. But... Screw you, Scooby Doo. Oh man. I honestly that that might have made for a better Scooby Doo thing. Like, like like I feel like a lot the movie did a lot right. Like I thought one thing I really jumped the references were good. Oh man, the, well, I was gonna the, say the, the laughing dog. Cues. I love the laughing. Oh dog. yeah, from I'm wacky from wacky racers. Yeah. yeah, no, he's great. Um, but the I was gonna say even, <laughs> every time he laughed. Even before that, like I'll get to references in a minute because I grew I like my childhood was Hanna Barbera cartoons in a lot of ways. So like all that stuff I was super geeked out about. But like the sound cues, I feel like every sound effect and every sound cue in the movie was like spot on. All the like, you know, kind of over the top cartoony sounds. The shot oh, yeah, they for didn't shot. Brace the fact it was a cartoon. It was yeah, cool. and the shot for shot recreation of the uh, Scooby Doo Where Are You intro in 3D. That was super cool. There were so many cool things sound design wise that I really appreciated. And like they were all, you know, they got through all the, they did all the tropes. They had the giant sandwich. They had like, they, they did everything. They even did the leaning on pop culture element that 70s Scooby Doo was all about. But it, I don't know what, how you guys felt about it. It felt maybe because it's current pop culture while we were watching Scooby like 20, 30 years after it aired. But for some reason, the pop culture stuff in this one just felt way more forced to me. It's exactly the same, I think, but it just like took me out of it more. I don't it, know. It, it, it's literally the same. I know. I that's mean, why I get, that's what's so they, weird is I know it's the same. No, I, I, I don't know. Honestly, it felt, it felt fine. Like every time like there's like a celebrity cameo in the old Scooby-Doo cartoons, it usually was usually after they were at their peak so putting simon in kind of felt like they were yeah simon cowell's doing that yeah. intentionally simon, no, simon was there fine was... simon was fine I... oh i i thought it was i thought it was weird why not just make a character and just have simon cowell voice him well i think for the same referent reason that they had like the globe trotters in it in the 70s well, yeah. i mean they, they other... did the whole series called like the new scooby-doo movies where every episode is like them with a celebrity character yeah and, and even sort, scooby-doo yeah. where are you had it a bit but um I mean, there's also a bunch. Of, I mean, Scooby Doo crossed with John Cena not too long ago in a movie. Yeah, but I think I think what like jumped out to me more is maybe because it like feels so of the moment, while the other like the other one had references to celebrities, but this one is Simon doing something now. He's on uh, America's Got Talent, I think, is one of the judges. But um, 
Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. But no, like something, I don't know, something about the yeah. references were just like, I can't quite put my finger on it. It felt a so... celebrity from the 90s. Of, that would have been yes, because cool. I think that's it. It felt so of this very moment, minus Simon maybe, that like I feel like it's not going to age as well. Because like 70s Scooby-Doo, they do celebrity references, but the rest is kind of self-contained, right? But this one, there's so many references to outside things. I'm just like, I don't know. Like, you know, the Chris and, <laughs> like the Chris and Liam Hemsworth line. Like that that was not a bad line comparing Chris to uh, uh, comparing Fred to them. But does that age or as well Netflix? as some Is of the or no the Netflix one wasn't as bad. But like the line where it's like, Oh, come here, knock off Chris, uh, Hemsworth. He's like, Oh, Chris or Liam. It's like, is that gonna age well in fifteen years? Like a lot of Scooby Doo huh. stuff from the seventies either went over my head and I didn't notice, or it was only the only references were the things directly in front of you in the show, like the cameos. So that sort of thing, I'm just kinda like, I don't know how it's gonna age. But it's a very minor that definitely could it. Yeah, that definitely could use more cameos too. It's like I feel like all the best ones were like the, you know during the end credits scene. All the cameos are <laughs> Hanna Barbera. Yeah, that's the other thing I want to talk about. Oh no 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 yeah well no I meant like they could use more oh, Hanna yeah. Barbera yeah. cameos. I mean there were some. I mean there were a good well, amount. Well, there's two ways of looking at it. Or, or um, just re- I mean there were there were a couple cameos and then a lot of references. But then like all the stuff they were showing in the end credits scene, I'm like, oh, I wish that was in the movie. Yeah, and I felt like you know the fact that they. That I, I tweeted this last night after watching it, but the fact that they left out Secret Squirrel really bothered me because I loved Secret Squirrel as a kid, and that was one of Han. Bar- That's from the exact same era, late '60s, early '70s, Han Barbera, that Scooby Doo, and uh, you know Jabberjaw and Adam Ant, and all the ones that they dropped in there, Wacky Racers. That's where Dick Dashley comes from. Um, like all, or made part of, like all of that was in there, and they just conveniently left out the best one. Come on, but um, but no, I feel yeah, like I, said, I did like Dino. Dynamite was was pretty cool. Yeah, I like the way they redesigned him to not be just like a a Scooby in a costume. Yeah, I mean they even put a, even though he was still a robot, but I mean he just looked he cool. looked different. He looked stood out, design. and they even put like Hong Kong Fooey in there of all things. Like on one of the arcade machines, there's a quick shot of Hong Kong Fooey, but they couldn't put Secret Squirrel. No, but the uh, to your point about the Hanna Barbera, there's two ways of looking at it. They could have done more references, or they could have maybe like I don't know. Explain some of these references well, the, a bit well, better. They felt well, so the thing forced. Is like, like I mean, it's just like halfway through the movie, they're just like, "Oh, here's this now, and here's that." Like it felt like they were building towards an eventual, and I'm fine with this if they want to do it, a wacky racers movie that's basically the Avengers of Hanna Barbera characters, which I am well, I mean, so on board. Well, the with. original, <laughs> I mean, the original idea for the movie was to do like set up for like an extended universe, or maybe they're still doing that, right? I guess it just I mean, felt kind of does, forced, but. But it, but and it ended up being like a plot that doesn't necessarily even need them to have cameos. Like all those characters that came out that were Hanna Barbera characters could have been anyone else. Exactly, and the plot wouldn't have changed. And and the thing was, but, they, but they... which originally like they were going to matter, and I thought that sounded way more interesting than what we got. I agree. And it's kind of, and it's kind of weird that like since we didn't get that with this, they're still going ahead on. I think HBO Max they have a show coming out called Yellowstone. Yeah, Yellowstone. That is literally a Hanna Barbera universe. Like it's just all like the different Hanna Barbera cartoons living in a town called Yellowstone. Dude, that sounds amazing. That's literally what Wacky sounds, Racers was. Yeah, Wacky Racers cool. was what if we take all our cartoon and characters and put them in a never ending like Mad Max style race. And whether and you great. like Chuck, and, and it's directed by it's going to be directed by the guy. I think his name is Greenplatt. I forgot to say, but he did um, Chowder. So if you like Chowder, then you'll like this show. I'm very intrigued by this because I, I think Hanna Barbera is as best when they embrace the fact that they have all these ridiculous characters that don't really make sense, but actually oh, kind of yeah. live I mean, together. Just, like they all are I, I don't cut know. from the same cloth, so it makes sense. I, I don't know if you have any of you watched Harvey Attorney at Law, but um, yeah. there was an episode where they brought Shaggy to court. It, like pretty much the whole <laughs> premise was that there were, there were, there were, that there were so many Shaggy clones and there were – 
like bringing up all the different Shaggy from the different show that were pretty much exactly Shaggy, you know, like from Jabberjaw and the um something Sabretooth and the Talking Buggy. Right. There's so many. And but. and I think the um what's interesting is so many people like I saw it online and people are talking about Scoob. Like I, I personally feel some of the references were forced. Like just be like, here's Blue Falcon. You know him. He's Shaggy's favorite. It's like uh, people don't know him if they don't know '70s Hanna Barbera. But anyway, um, you know if they. Uh, where they go with this? A lot of people online were saying that um, it felt very like haphazardly done, and that, you know if they're why are they trying to build like a Hanna Barbera universe, it feels like such a knockoff of like Avengers and stuff. But if they look, that's what Hanna Barbera—they were the first to do this. I mean, they did it like yeah. Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. Space Ghost was originally a show about a guy I mean, in Scooby-Doo space, has... like in the sixties. <laughs> like uh, Wacky Racers and... was in the seventies. Like they were cross-referencing. Scooby Doo's been doing it forever too, as you I think. Yeah, he's crossed was... over with. Yeah. He's crossed over with Jabberjaw, another character. Yeah, like before. this is like Han Barbera basically built a Looney Tunes universe, but instead of keeping all the shows under the banner of of a Looney Tunes type brand, they let them live independently and then mix and match. They were the Marvel comics of TV in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. So it, it, Flintstones it, has come out in freaking um, Foster, uh, Grim Adventure the Billion Mandy. Yeah, or like or, or even following that logic, Flintstones meets the Jetsons. That was a thing a long time ago. So like this oh, isn't yeah. new for them. But a lot of people are like, oh, why are they trying to do this? Why does it feel so forced? And I agree it feels forced, but I completely understand why they're doing it because it is but that's the, just because it's the, the story, DNA of Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. This is what they've always I, done. Yeah. I, I will I, say... Uh, yeah, uh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, you go. Fine. This is, my, this is my podcast. You go. Okay, that's thank right. you. I'm thank pulling you that card. I saw uh, or heard. Uh, I will say there was a really good little Flintstones reference in the movie. I'm sure you guys might have caught I don't know if you guys caught maybe, but when they're fighting Captain Caveman, another classic character. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Voiced by Tracy yes. Morgan to like a, that was a good choice. Uh, that was funny. But um, they, they when they start the fight, they blow a bird whistle to start, and it's the exact same color and animation of the bird whistle at the start of Flintstones. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. You could tell like the animation and the art was done with a lot of love and care. But Yeah, yeah th- the this, plot, was, this was absolutely a love letter to uh, Hanna-Barbera. Mm-hmm. And and the flag that this movie is getting is the fact that why is this why is this a love letter to Hanna-Barbera and not just Scooby-Doo? Which yeah. I totally understand. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like I they, I feel like they wanted this movie to be their Lego movie where they could just spin it off because I I bet you a Blue Falcon spin-off was either in or is in production right now. For sure. There's so much backstory they purposely left there. Yeah. It's like... I think if they branded it Hanna-Barbera Presents Scoob or something like that, it could have justified it more. Yeah, maybe. Or like Scoob, a a Hanna-Barbera tale or a Hanna-Barbera story. Because the thing with Lego Movie, the thing with all those other crossovers is it's not the character, it's the brand that's presented as. Trolls is not the name of Justin Timberlake's troll. It's Trolls. You know, like all these toy-based ones, all these brand-based ones are an overarching name, not a character. Like, can you imagine if they – I mean, granted, they launched the Avengers with Iron Man, so it started with Iron Man. But can you imagine if, like, the first Avengers movie – the first Marvel movie was Avengers, but they just called it Iron Man? People would be like, wait, why are all these other guys here already? I want an Iron Man movie. Like, it, you need to build towards it or present it in a way where it's clear that you already are launching from that point. And they kind of botched that one angle. But then that changes expectations, and here we are. Um but yeah, I, I really want them to do Wacky Racers. I hope they do. And I think there's some jokes that landed <laughs> flat that they could, you know, they could it could have been punched up a bit the script, but for the most part it was actually pretty good, I thought. The one thing I will yeah. the one reference I did not like 
You, you know how I was yeah. saying that secret squirrel was missing? Yeah. This one oh drove boy. me crazy. So when they go on Blue Falcon's ship, and every time I say Blue Falcon, I keep wanting to say Captain Falcon, but wrong podcast. Uh, every time it's they okay. do on – thank you. Uh, every time they go on a ship – or not every time. When they go on a ship, they light up the ship like in three like steps, and then he walks out from the doorway. The jingle they play for those three steps as they light up is the AT&T corporate like – they call it the Sonic logo. It's their identifier at the end of all their commercials. The like ding – I can't do it because I always think I'm seeing NBC when I try it. But it's like there's a specific three-note sequence. The AT&T from about 2012 to 2016 or 17 – always ended their commercials with it was like their call sign basically and they put that in the movie in the same way they referenced legit Hanna-Barbera stuff they put that in and I just like ah, it just rubbed me the wrong way it's like we don't need a reminder that Hanna-Barbera is owned by Warner who's owned by Warner Media who's owned by AT&T like you could just let it be the little Hanna-Barbera oh, yeah. universe I mean, I mean, I mean what I mean, with that thing, I mean, they also reminded us that they own DC and Harry Potter. Yeah, no, there's – yeah, and so. some of that synergy. But that kind of works because they're all like entertainment properties. No, no, it, it worked Why with the Halloween thing, yeah. I mean, yeah, and actually I, I thought that – It was, it was definitely more natural, yeah. Yeah, but like – Especially how like Shaggy mistook a judge for a Harry Potter character. Oh, yeah, that no, that was, was good. Brand. That was good. Like some of those – yeah, some of those jokes worked very well. And, and actually the – I liked um, – the I actually thought Daphne's Wonder Woman costume was kind of cool because it was clearly Wonder Woman but wasn't like the design they used in the movies. So it actually sort of mm-hmm. stood out. But um, yeah, that AT&T jingle just l- took me out of it so much. I actually paused the movie and went to go make sure I heard it correctly. I went on YouTube and like looked up the AT&T jingle. I was like, oh my god, it was. Why would well, they do obviously, that? Well, <laughs> obviously for, for, for people like us, that would make us like roll our eyes. But yeah. you know, this movie is for little kids, so are, they're not going to oh, be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yo, that's the AT&T jingle. They're not going like, to be like, high Corporate five, overlords high are trying to... Yeah, and, 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 yeah. and definitely just like this movie... I think definitely skews younger, but not as young as trolls. Yeah, because there were definitely some jokes, mainly from Fred, that were like, "Oh, yeah, this is definitely." Yeah, and and to your point, I mean, they 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 weren't explicit, but they were also like definitely aimed at older. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and and yeah. Kevin, to your point, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's aimed at kids, but like that that AT and T thing was for sure for <laughs> the parents. That was for oh. sure for the parents watching to go, "Oh, AT and T," like it was so like <laughs> and, stupid. <laughs> And if you're if you're curious, like remember um in the movie at one point they were dropping f bombs like literal yes F-bombs? yes for Falcon yeah, that yes. was um so apparently in the original draft they were gonna grab them from a D bag like you know a bag with a big oh, see that would be good and they had to grab them from the a hole in the D bag but yeah <laughs> I guess they thought that was going too that far that might have been a little bit much yeah but I it, it would have been funny but I could see why like they, they wouldn't want to present that to the younger kids. But, yeah. yeah, that's funny. But anyway, yeah, most I was mostly surprised by how like not bad it was compared to the online hatred. It was, it was, most I've, people usually overreact. I feel like critic reviews are yeah. usually like, it wasn't Citizen Kane, so it sucked. But it also wasn't Scooby Doo. Let's be fair. Oh, that's no, it wasn't. Yeah. It was some I, weird. It, it was. It was. That's just, true. We're it, was, it, was a, it was in a weird in between. We, we enjoyed space. it. Yeah, yeah, it was in a weird in between space where I don't even think it quite knew what it was. Yeah, it was just a fun movie that, you know, I would say is worth watching if you happen to run into it. But just be aware going in that, like, it's not going to necessarily be the most, like, fluid. Like, there's a lot of, like, haphazard, like, now this guy's here. Now this guy's here. Like, they never explain why, you know, I mean, they kind of do, but, like, Captain Caveman was toy out of left field. I get how he got to be there, but I'm just saying, like, that was super random. And then they introduce him, like, look at this guy. He's Captain Caveman. They make, like, a big deal of his name reveal, and it's just, like, most people don't know what you're doing with this. And hopefully the at <laughs> jingle doesn't bother you as much as Jason. But, oh, it will. It will. Just gonna, yeah. just gonna go Warner Brothers and protest. 
One man. Hmm. One song. Just, just yourself. Oh, get just that myself. jingle out. Yeah. The, the, uh, I need the AT&T list cut. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, so switching over to something not as kid-friendly, I saw Ready or Not on a AT&T-owned platform, HBO Now, a couple of days ago. How was Do that? you guys know about this movie? It, if it's I'm... the one with not Margot Robbie, right? <laughs> the one with not Margot Robbie, It's correct. the one that was supposed to come out, but then got delayed indefinitely, but then ended up coming out due to the political firestorm around it, right? Or not firestorm, that's a strong word. No, you're thinking mm-hmm. of... Uh, I, I oh, forget. yeah, I'm thinking of The Hunt. You're thinking of... Or Hunted. Or Hunt. Hunt. Something like that. The, the one where basically it's a bunch of, like coastal people being hunted by people that live in not the coast areas and it's like the dichotomy of the two sides of politics or something oh you're right the hunt. yeah the, no yeah, it is hunt. not it's okay not the yeah Ready never mind i retract my my guess <laughs> so i don't, you I don't even know about it, it because of something that no just because of something i'm going to talk about later but yeah yeah as you were saying kevin yeah so so ready or not it's 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 a horror movie it's how do I explain this? Have you guys heard of Your Next? Yes. Uh huh. The the movie. Yes. Uh, uh, the, the people with the with the masks. Yeah. Yeah. So this this kind of echoes that. So the the basic premise is this this woman is going to marry into this rich rich family who own this huge mansion. Oh, crazy rich agents. Yeah. But exactly. Violent. Like crazy rich. Yeah, but 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 more battle royale. Uh, so, so basically, Can you imagine if that was the pitch at the studio. So, you know, Crazy Rich Agents, it's that, but Battle Royale, <laughs> right? Right. So, so this woman is going to marry into this this crazy rich family, and the crazy rich family, uh, they're crazy rich because they own a like board game company, and so on the night of her wedding, she has to play a game with her new family, and the game is hide and seek, and. During a, a great, great montage, this woman like had, has to find her, has to hide in this mansion, and while she's hiding, this great song plays, and you see the rest of the family gearing up with like weapons, with like rifles, battle axes. They're they're gonna hunt her. They're gonna hunt her down, and they're gonna try and kill her. And what follows after is a very interesting take on like. I wouldn't not on the home invasion movie. It, it's kind of like exactly the opposite because she has like no idea, like how to traverse this this mansion. But so so it's a horror movie because obviously she's being hunted down. But it's also like very comedic. It's, it's a very funny movie. Hmm. And that's not something that I expected. The 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 lead actress, uh, I believe her name is Samara Weaving. She was in the Netflix. A Netflix exclusive movie called The Babysitter, which was also a horror movie that that I, I haven't seen. Huh. That had a uh, what's her name? She's she was in that that Disney Channel show with Zendaya. Uh, you know, oh, the, the, the redhead, Bella Thorne. Bella Thorne, yeah. So she was in that movie, and apparently she's great in that movie. She's awesome in this, like being hunted down uh, by this by this entire rich family. It's it's really funny. I I hope you do watch an angel because I do want to watch it. Oh, you saw the cliff notes, right? Yeah, I just saw the cliff notes. But yeah, I really do. I want to watch it because I saw the cliff notes. I was like, oh, this sounds like a cool movie. Yeah, it it absolutely yeah. is. Um, 
and like it's it's really funny it's not it's not like hysterical hysterical but you definitely will be like bursting out laughing i just want to talk about that movie real quick specifically because the directors of this movie are going to direct they recently just got announced as the directors for scream 5 and i love the screen movies Hmm. with the exception of scream 3 so i'm now like really excited that scream 5 is going to be like in, in very capable hands i don't know do you guys like the scream movies you know, honestly, I don't think I've ever seen one. Somehow, I know I enjoyed the first one, which is which also features Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Well, oh, the yeah, live true. action movies. True. He was one of the villains, I believe. Oh, spoiler alert! If you haven't seen it, which no, I guess in these movie. movies is a big spoiler because the whole point is to figure out who's Ghostface. But I think oh, I only saw the first yeah. two. The first two, yeah. So, so Scream One, classic. Scream Two, I I like. Scream Three is a trash fire. But Scream 4, which came out, I think, like, 10 years after Scream 3, was, like, really good. And those movies are always, like, meta. They're known for their meta commentary on, like, the horror genre. And this movie, I wouldn't, this movie definitely isn't, isn't meta. I feel like the ending sort of makes it meta in a way. Angel knows the ending. Would you call it meta? Uh, I would say it's subversive, but I don't know if it's meta. Okay, so, so, yeah, so. So I guess meta being meta is, is some is a form of subversion, right? Like it's kind of there because I mean, well, because one is like acknowledging that you are what you are, and I feel like this one was more like it's like, oh, you didn't think we would go there? It's like, oh, we actually did, hmm. or did we? Well, well, I, I feel like the screen movies definitely know. have 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 instances of of oh, you thought you knew where this was going, but so yeah, so now I'm I'm all of a all of a sudden I didn't know that I want. I didn't know that I wanted another Scream movie, uh, especially because Scream had a weird TV series on MTV that I remember that right. yeah that never that never picked up steam yeah and ho- hopefully, well, like I said, now I have hope for Scream Five because of this movie because it, assu- assuming these are they're going to use like the same writers, which I don't think they've announced, but I mean I, I don't know I'm hopeful now, uh, mm-hmm. ready or not. And it still is available on uh, on HBO now. Go uh, Disney Plus. No, not Disney Plus. That'd be amazing. I, I was I was I was trying to come up. I was trying to come up with, uh, with like I mean, you could Disney catch Ready or Not now right on, on right? Nicktoons Junior on demand. And <laughs> yeah, Disney yeah. Plus. That would have been great. No. Yeah, re- really quickly, I, I want to talk about that because Scream is one of my favorite horror movie franchises. So. Oh, I, I'm I'm that. I'm happy knowing that it's in good hands. I I mean it's not the Citizen Kane of horror movies, but but oh, I what love, is I love I love the screen movies. <laughs> oh, maybe the thing. I don't know. The thing is pretty good. Mm, yeah, the thing is pretty good. I don't feel do like I watch do... a horror enough horror movies to even say what the Citizen Kane would be. Well, I mean, a lot of people I would say consider The Shining to be the Citizen Kane of horror movies. Mm. I feel yeah. like that one always gets put yeah. on the top, but. I guess I guess this is a good know. good transition to get into what you want to talk about, Angel. What did I want to talk about? Also, one oh, a right. transition I didn't interrupt should, or botch until now. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay, so um, the reason I heard about Ready or Not, and I guess a bunch of other. I mean, I went into a horror movie kick earlier. I guess later last year. I forgot what it started with, but 
um, I ended up watching, I think I saw Halloween, and then I saw the Halloween remake. Well, no, it wasn't a remake. It was a sequel to the first movie, which completely ignored, like, all the movies that came out in between, just because, you know, kind of like the Friday the 13th movies, the main character went from being a dude that is just a serial killer to some spiritual entity that is, like, reborn every couple of years or something like that. So they just did away with all of that and just kind of brought it back to basics. And at some point, I guess just while on YouTube, I started, I discovered this um, channel called Dead Meat, which I just, I don't know, I got really addicted to. Like, essentially, um, the main focus of the show is they have these, um, the, the channel's called Dead Meat, but they also have a show within it called Kill Count, where they essentially go through all the kills in every horror movie. And the... Well, not every horror movie, just... just... You know, oh, just just like a bunch of horror movies, yeah. like old and new. Like, I mean, it's kind of arbitrary, like which ones they pick. I mean, sometimes it's based on the season, but they'll. I mean, they pick plenty of things that are ridiculously obscure, ridiculously ending indie, and also like very mainstream, very modern, just anything you could think of. And um, James A. Janice is just a great host. I mean, he just seems like a very chill and friendly dude, and just always like upbeat and energetic. And I think. I think what I like about, or what gets me really into, I guess, this channel is just the, I guess, I don't want to say the contradiction, but the, I guess, the juxtaposition of his upbeat, cheerful attitude and the fact that he's talking about all these horror films. Yeah, all these like very gory, very bloody deaths. Yeah. So, like, you know, like when a character gets, like, their face smashed, like, all crumbling because they fell out, they, I don't know, I guess someone got beaten with a hammer, he'll say, like, a very cheesy line or just, like, something that just makes. It takes away all, I guess, the horror from it, and it just makes it feel informative and just fun and entertaining. And, you know, I mean, he's obviously pretty much exclusively showing footage from movies, so he's doing what he's supposed to to get away with, um, you know, fair use and all that stuff. Like, also, like, he rarely shows the audio of the movies throughout the whole time. He always has the same, um, like, I guess, backtrack music that I guess, like, now anytime I hear that, I, it's just like, oh, that's the dead meat music uh-huh. that happens that occurs whenever anytime he does a movie and i mean on top of just like naming every single death i mean as he's going through the deaths in order he's also like essentially recapping the movie and how they lead into each one but he's also reviewing the films and kind of explaining why something worked why something didn't why a joke landed why it didn't like and every time he like names and every time he's like talking about the cast as he's introducing them in the beginning he also tells you like oh like the main the the last girl in this movie is blah 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 who also appeared in this 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 and that like all these other horror movies like just to give you like a bigger picture of like how small the horror movie genre is actually. it's very much like, like soap operas i feel like where there's like a set number of people that only act in that genre yeah like there was like i mean after having seen so many of these videos like it definitely made me realize that like wow like they you're pretty much like a horror person like you you make your rounds through them and on top of the fact, he also, like, like gives you insight into how they do a lot of these deaths. He'll show you, like, oh, here's, like, the behind the scenes. They did this using, like, using practical effects, some green screen, some blah, blah, blah. Like, how many, like, sometimes they'll bring up, like, some interview things where they show how difficult it was or maybe how much fun they were having or how horrible it was for the actors involved. And, I don't know, it's just very interesting and very addicting and it's definitely made me want to check out a bunch of other movies that I otherwise wouldn't have like Ready or Not or even the Child's Play remake from last year 
Like, I didn't really have any interest in watching that, but after watching his, like, essentially kill count on it, it made me actually really want to watch it. Like, it actually seems like I would really enjoy it. And also this movie called The Descent, which I had never seen. Oh, you've never seen The Descent? Also, like, I remember hearing about it, but it was also during a period where if it was a horror movie, I just didn't bother watching it. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, oh, this looks really cool. Like, I mean, the claustrophobia just feels really uncomfortable and... I mean, I would hate to be in a situation like that, but I also, I've just started to really like watching or getting into these horror movies, so yeah, I'm really happy I found this channel. And I mean, production values-wise, I just love that it feels like a serial, like, it's like a TV show, but it's something I can count on watching consistently every week, kind of like another channel, Corridor Crew, that kind of like this show, they go over behind the scenes of how a lot of special effects are done, mainly digital and like using the latest technology and they'll go over how why a special effect looks bad usually to, like essentially you learn why and how difficult it is to like get the lighting just right how like some cg like you know stuff in like the flash tv show like can have the giant gorilla and the gorilla grad appear and look okay in some shots but look terrible but then there's like you know the sh like a theatrical film like the golden compass that has some CG polar bears next to a real life person that look not as great compared to a television show from today that has a polar bear that looks pretty much realistic. So, hmm. you know, it's like sometimes budget isn't everything, but both of them, I mean, like they like some things that are of note that they've made. They did a re-edit of a home alone trailer where they essentially made it very bloody and gory. And they were also known for doing a, like, you know those Boston Dynamic videos where you have, like, the robot getting, like, pushed and it falls over? <laughs> yep. Uh, so they did one. Without saying it was them, they just kind of, like... I mean, they put in, like, in the, a watermark in the corner. Like, not quite saying Boston Dynamics, but something similar. So, I like, think it was, like, Boston Town. Boston Town Dynamics. Yeah. Like, if you weren't paying attention, like, you would probably think this is legit. And looking at the comments, a lot of people did actually think it was real. Just like, what the hell? Like, what's going on? But essentially, like, they kept pushing this robot, and then it eventually just starts retaliating, and I think in one instance, it actually has a gun. Um, it's great. You should, like, look at Yeah, I need to look but, this up. But point is, like, there's, like, a lot of, I don't know, I guess, like, content on YouTube that I didn't think I would be looking into as consistently as I would, like, around the time that I graduated from college. I mean, there were some channels that were, like, you know, I watched... Um, you know, like, some game explain stuff, some, like, people just, like, reviews on games or just, like, some gameplay stuff, but I never really kept up with someone's content where I was like, oh, I wonder what they're going to do next week until now, where I actually feel like I'm really into these things. And, I mean, there's even, like, other channels, like, one of the pro players, one of the best players in Smash Brothers. I mean, he's retired now, but Zero, he has, like, a great channel where he just talks about his experience of being, like, I guess the best at one point and how, like, stressful it is and how he pretty much like wouldn't want to play professionally anymore that it just takes the fun out of the game mm -hmm. but he's also gives a lot of insight into other topics and also um, i guess watch at your own risk but it's like very i never thought i would see toy reviews done the way that this jobby the hong person does them and Do, what does they're just so what does that mean jobby um because I don't you're know. like, watch at your own <laughs> risk, and then followed up with, I've never seen toys reviewed this way. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> well, no, it, I mean, it's just it's just very over-the-top, like, rapid editing humor for, mm -hmm. like, toy reviews. But, I mean, it's, 
don't know. It's I don't know. It, it's interesting. Like I mean, it's probably worth a watch, but it's either going to be very hit or very miss. Like I ended up really enjoying it, but I could also see some people going like, "Whoa, this is like horrible." But <laughs> you know, there's some there's like just because there's like something for everyone in YouTube. Like I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know about Jason because I feel like Jason is very. Um, normal Dave over here, but I mean, are there any channels that you keep up with Kevin or that you're like, oh, like, I don't know. Dead, dead, you... dead me for sure. Love that channel. I, I remember when, uh, when, when I originally subscribed to that channel, I think he was like at 300,000 subscribers and now he's got almost 4 million. Damn. Dead, yeah. Dead, I think, I think the best part about dead me is just like you said, how many movies he introduced how many horror movies he introduces to people just mm-hmm. like with like like what was that like happy or i forgot it was just like a new year's horror movie that's that looks terrible but like he still does it because he loves his job of, of just bringing these wacky ass oh yeah to, it definitely to, sounds like there's a lot of movies he talks about that he doesn't want to talk about but he still yeah, that, yeah, that too. Oh, the, the best, like watching it, I guess. The the best episodes are where where he actually like hates the movies, like Saw 3D mm-hmm. and the fourth Final Destination movie. It, uh, yeah, well, they actively some of the Chuckies, hates the movies. Yeah. yeah, some of the Chuckies. Yeah, uh, the Leprechaun movies okay. are, are probably oh, yeah. those, those, those movies are, are great too because I've he, heard he things about those, those. Yeah. Well, yeah. because I remember watching the first one when I was a kid, like Leprechaun One, and then watching the Dead Meat review of it, I'm like, oh wow, it wasn't as scary as I thought, and I didn't realize Jennifer Aniston was in it. Uh-huh. But you know, Leprechaun in the Hood One and Two, and oh geez, they I've seen, so I've, I saw Leprechaun in Space. <laughs> yeah, uh, Cor- I do keep up with Quarter Crew, not definitely not as much as Dead Meat, but I do. I follow like, a lot of tech channels where where uh, I look forward to their videos, like Linus Tech Tips. Probably the the biggest tech channel. Oh, I, I, I do know forward. that guy. Yeah, I look forward yeah. to his videos. Like I, like I said, just a, a lot of a lot of technology videos mainly. By any chance, at this point. Uh, I don't know what the name of this channel is, but I know I've seen my brother watch it sometimes. Where the guy or the host, like the bottom half of his face is silver for some reason, and I know he's mainly known for debunking or proving how some videos were doctored or edited. Or something like that. No, but, I've got no uh, idea. Yeah. No, oh, no clue there. Ask all this. But, hmm. but but yeah, mainly technology technology videos. I don't watch a lot of YouTube as I used to. Uh, maybe just because I, I don't know. Just just because of of I don't know. Yeah, I, I just don't know. I just don't watch watch a lot of YouTube now. I'm more yeah, looking at Twitch s- streaming stuff than, than YouTube I, nowadays. Uh, I was going to take offense yeah. to Angel assuming I don't watch YouTube, but as you guys were talking, I was thinking about it and like, yeah, I'm kind of like Kevin. I don't watch a ton. I mean, I'll go on YouTube, but I tend to go for like mainstream content, weirdly. So like I'll watch late night stuff or I'll watch like, you know, Conan clips or like uh, probably, the, <laughs> probably the one of the things on YouTube I watch is actually like only on YouTube is hot ones, but that literally exists to funnel you back to other mainstream media things. So, you know, movies, TV shows, celebrity yeah. things. So yeah, I think for the most part, like I'm kind of like, I already have a, like I was about ready to be like, no, Angel, you're wrong. Like I occasionally watch a game explain or I like every so often watch a Verge like product review, but I don't like, a digital gaming yeah or like i'll watch a digital game yeah that's totally my wheelhouse yeah but like i don't subscribe to those like i don't 
keep up with them. It's just like if I stumble across them elsewhere on the web. Yeah, it's kind of weird yeah. now that I think about how much you were talking about how much you watch YouTube. And Ken, you're talking well, about I mean, how much I'm you, saying, you like, used I watch, to like, watch a ton YouTube. Either, but, it, but like, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I, I mean, I don't pour like, well, I mean, I guess when I'm binging them just because I love the channels or like when I just discovered them yeah. and I'm like, you know, there's a backlog. But I mean, the channels that I do watch, I really enjoy. But it's also not like the majority of what I, I consume. So. Yeah, <laughs> you watch them in spite. No, but yeah, I I tend to yeah, it's mostly or like I'll watch like music stuff, like music videos or like live concerts or stuff. But like, yeah, the more I think it's about, kind of like it, I don't really have. In a way. I guess I guess that's how I treat them. Oh, you know, one I subscribe to though is a like, little. Like I kind of watch them in the background. One channel I subscribe to the little channel called Random Nintendo Com, where every week they spend about two hours talking about things. But yeah, no, I don't. In all seriousness, I don't really. Now I think about communism. Have we ever talked about communism on Roundtown Podcast? Should we do a late stage capitalism episode of the podcast? I'm no, I, uh... for it, man. <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know. Like, it's I didn't mean to cut off what you were saying for Ken, but when he like when he was like Jason Price watch, I think I was sitting there like, going through um, like counting on my hands, like what do I watch? I I don't. It's weird. Like I'm I'm sub to a lot of things on YouTube. Let me pull up the stuff real quick. I'm sub to a lot of stuff, but I actually don't watch almost like ninety nine percent of the stuff. Right? Yeah, like. I mean, I'm gonna do the same on my YouTube right now. I think like it's literally like like I said, funnels back to mainstream content that you would see on TV or whatnot or streaming services. Like, let's see here, where are my subscriptions? Yeah, it's like, like Dead Me, Corridor Crew. It's like Lonely Island, Team Coco, Nintendo, our podcast, Mike Chino from Lincoln Park, Lincoln Park, Coldplay, Pokemon, Pixar, uh, you Angel, um. What? That's yeah, your old channel, your Wero channel, Wero Studios, and that's Weird. it. I have a total of one, two, three, four. Like Apple, <laughs> Poke, uh, I already said Pokemon. Yeah, it's your, the new Super Mario Brothers U channel, whatever that was. Like these are all just even the things I do watch. I don't subscribe to. I just hunt them down when I want to. It's very strange because it is a great re- like Andrew. You're making a point about how everyone's production values are like. You know, things are good now in terms of quality, and for some reason, like really, what's the difference between watching? One of the YouTube channels you're describing and Conan's, you know, at home episodes like I was talking about last Quarantine Chronicles. There <laughs> really isn't. In fact, your YouTube is probably better than his, you know, on TV thing. But I don't know. It just hasn't. I guess I'm becoming more of a boomer and less of a millennial or Gen Z or I don't know. I, I mean, looking back at like, I mean, after you guys like named off your subscriptions, like I'm just looking back. At, I mean, there's a lot of things I subscribe to that I just subscribe to, but I don't really watch. Yeah. But just counting on the ones that I actually like actively keep up with. Three. Oh god. Yeah, that's like at least thirty or forty. Yeah, that's way more than me. That you keep up with? Um, they don't release videos often, but like oh, okay. videos that I look forward to. But like there's like very few channels that I subscribe to that actually produce something weekly. Like mm-hmm. most of them are bi weekly mm-hmm. or once a month. Just because a lot of them are animation related or art related, like some of them are tutorial stuff. And like every Friday there's like a an artist named Mark Crilly who He's a manga artist and has done a bunch of tutorial books that I actually do own. And I just love like the way he draws and the tutorials that he teaches. So I love watching those every week. And there's also some other people that do like really great animation, but animation takes time. So whenever they do come out with something like once every three months, it's like this five minute video, but it's like always amazing to watch because, you know, he's a very talented person and they put a lot of work into it, but they're very few and far between. It. No, the more I think a about lot of, it, a lot of res- a lot of a lot of resource stuff. I'm, I'll, the majority of the stuff I watch is resource stuff. There's maybe like five or 
five to eight that are entertainment related. But yeah, the rest are just like, you know, animation related. The more I think about it, though, the more I realize how weird it is. Because, like, I enjoy, like, the toys that made us on Netflix, but I don't watch all the dozens of thousands of hundreds of YouTube channels that basically do the same thing at the same quality with the same amount of research. Or, sometimes like, better. or sometimes better. Or, like, I'll watch, like, the Verge's product reviews because I get them from the Verge's website and then click through YouTube. But I don't watch, like, some of the biggest, like, talking head people of the tech world, like, um, oh, what's his name? MKHB. He's, I forgot his name, but MK, he's like, MKBHC. Yeah, him. Like I'll very rarely watch him, but I'll watch everything like The Verge puts out. Usually his stuff, MK's, is way more like in depth and actually a better quality video. But for some reason, nope, I get it from The Verge. Like it's very weird how I do this. No, I, I just subscribe from like twenty channels right now. Yeah, it's um. I I do think it it's it's interesting that none of us have named specific people. Like, I think that's a generational thing, probably. Because we don't, like, you know, we don't follow PewDiePie or anyone like, well, sorry, not him, but anyone like yeah, that. Yeah, because even Dead Meat, like, yeah, it's, like a, I, I it's a brand. His name, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, even like us, like, you know, we're here talking on recording and we do it with Nintendo and then we do it with non Nintendo and people listen to us, but, like, I don't necessarily, because we're like a brand, but if I went on YouTube and I was like, I'm Jason, like, I wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> like but it, i don't know it feels like it's like more of a like a, a, there's some sort of structure to it or something like i don't like, know it's very strange I follow, I follow some people that aren't necessarily brands like caleb city but but his videos are never longer than like two minutes right right uh, ghost johnson yeah, or like or even thing. like game explains just like two are, or three dudes not... but... uh-huh. yeah yeah it's like yeah. i need I some mean, sort of like i need some sort of like foundation YouTube or <laughs> like some sort of fake yeah, mainstream foundation need... I mean, I guess recently because of this, I, I guess I've just had a chance to step back and just kind of acknowledge YouTube as like a very legitimate source of, you know, I guess great content that could be out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure we haven't even scratched the surface, but and I don't know if I'm going to go any deeper than this because there's definitely plenty of other media I prefer to consume at other places. But this is definitely a nice place where, you know, as I'm working on stuff or doing other things on my computer, I definitely like having them in the background, just listening and occasionally glancing over since, you know, most of the time they are just talking. It, it's but, it's yeah. um, it's almost like we need to have a segment like my, on this where we have, like, the newest channel we found or something like that. <laughs> Along with shows and movies and whatnot, like Angel's latest YouTube channel. Angel's latest well, YouTube channel? I mean, yeah, like like the same way we do, like, what are we watching on TV? What are we watching in, in terms of movies? We should have, like, well, what, I mean, what I, Angel well, fired I mean, on two, YouTube? Well, I mean, the four I dropped were literally, like, the first new channels right. I've added in, like, oh, years, okay. which is which is why, like, I felt it was, like, worth bringing up. But. Yeah. But, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's an interesting – and there's, like – I have friends that are, like, super into, like, there's this one channel on YouTube that's just these two guys who make structures in the style of, like, like very old, like, I don't even know what, how to describe it. Uh, mud and water and sticks and stuff, like, actually, like, full-on structures. It's just, like, a – you know, 45 minute video where they're explaining and I've explained, you're just watching them do it. And they're like, you know, slapping oh, mud together. Primitive. Yes. 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 Called. That one. And that's like, I'm always like, Oh, that's interesting. But I never on my own accord, go hunt it down. But then like, you know, that friend is constantly oh, yeah. doing it, it. It's kind of like, it's like, I don't subscribe. He subscribes like to it. From, it's just like the polygon videos by that, that Gilbert fellow. Like I don't subscribe to it, yeah. but when I do run into it, because like it's advertised by go Nintendo or something, yeah. Nintendo related or a topic I like, I'll, gladly watch it oh yeah his, oh, his, brian, his, brian david gilbert yes brian he's great his um yeah that, those are great 
I forgot the one he did where he basically called out Doug Bowser from Nintendo and was like, why aren't you making this? I think it was a Waluigi game or something. Or learning the yeah. history of Waluigi. It was, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was about why there yeah. isn't a Waluigi it was game so because they haven't called right? Waluigi. It was so good. And then Doug Bowser actually responded on Twitter. <laughs> he he what just he just put like an emoji or something like and said like good job or something but he did respond but um yeah like stuff like that like if i stumble across it sure but i never really go on my way to watch it it's very strange plus youtube is basically another to the streaming service thing it's a netflix <laughs> it's, it's a hulu server. it's uh it's all those but it's all free and yet i don't touch it i'd rather complain but, about the ones yeah, i have to pay for that it. It one no you know quality will vary tremendously yeah oh for so. sure for sure but the ones that stand out really stand out Mm-hmm. Cool. Such yeah, as I mean, like, like ours. Channel, no. uh. <laughs> I was gonna say like yeah, like one channel I subscribe to like releases like one video like I don't even know when it's just super rare, but it's just like super crazy Bowser Smash Brothers tech. Right. It's like when they release a video, it's like whoa, this is awesome. I kind of <laughs> haven't thought of that. Yeah. But then they go into a hiatus again until <laughs> so who knows when. But yeah. Right. Yeah. YouTube. Such a YouTube. Such a strange, strange land. It really is. Uh, well, I think that will wrap up this episode. How are you guys feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. I feel like I have a transition boiling up inside me that I could say, but I'll spare you unless you want to hear it. Okay, I'll spare it. <laughs> okay. yeah, that, that works. That works. Uh, thank I you for joining us on this Perfect. episode of Quarantine Chronicles, episode two. I still can't think of an episode title for this. Ah, well, I'll figure it out soon enough. Yeah. Uh, let us let us know what you think about the podcast down in the comments in the blog post. You can uh, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts. What, what, You're so what close. You're Stitcher. so close. Stitcher. Stitcher. And what Stitcher. else? YouTube. You can follow us on YouTube. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't even getting it. I, oh, I had, I that had was a separate there. thought. I'm sorry. We're, 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 that was a separate we're random Nintendo.com on YouTube. Uh, what's it called? You can follow us on Twitter at random Nintendo. You can follow us individually. I'm KVN Gomi, G-O-M-I-E. Uh, oh, bleep Jason that. Is, bleep that. <laughs> J- no, we gotta, we, Jason, Jason is JSR7. <laughs> Angel is Wero, W-E-I-R-O. Wero? Oh, is that how you used to say it? Kevin, w- you've known him for how many Wero, years? Wero, W-E-I-R-O <laughs> underscore capital O. And oh. that's going to wrap this up. So last, so last episode we had Angel say the last, the last word, but then Jason interjected. Mm, I did. So, so Angel, once again, you get to go. Uh.